Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, I'm Carl Hartley And I'm Max Peterson (laughs) (laughs) And then the loudest, most highest pitched scream you've ever heard in your life Incredible Welcome everyone to August We, the theme of this month when we sat down to do season two We called it classic horror Yes Now, and then, but we were thinking like, well everyone's Classic, not class E, let's be completely Well, are you out of your mind? Well, Vincent Price is super classy So this, this month is going to be uh, horror classics, but we're not doing Universal Monsters Not Wolfman, not not the Invisible Men We're not doing Universal Monsters We're not doing the Min min movies No, no, no So all of the Min movies are coming in like a month or two So we're we're gonna do the the Universal Monsters But we wanted wanted to show some people some classic films from like the, the 40s and 50s that they may have that they may not have seen which yes. is what we want to do with the show all the time is get people interested in new stuff so what we're talking about today is 1959 <laughs> new old stuff yes new old stuff <laughs> absolutely so we're talking about 1959's house on haunted hill directed by william castle starring vincent price carol omart richard long alan marshall carden craig julie mitchum Elisha Cook Jr., who is one of my all-time favorite like bit part character actors, mm-hmm. and then if you go on IMDb in the credits, in the credits with pictures is Skeleton as himself. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of the skeleton from That's this movie. Fantastic. They gave him, they gave him a picture. Oh my god! That's even better than calling the shark was a Bruce. I feel dumb that I didn't <laughs> click the skeleton and go and read his IMDb bio and see what else he's been credited What? As. How did you... You didn't do it? I didn't. That was going to be just, my next question. Like, what it. other films has he been I'm, in? I'm doing the thing where I make the list for the show and I'm scrolling through and I'm like, is that a picture of skeleton? Go back. And it's like, like skeleton as himself. I was like, well, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But you didn't do a deep didn't dive into his bio? Oh, no. Man. That's why we're not doing a, a second episode today. As yesterday, I was fucking fried you're, you're out, having a, You were having a, a writer's day, so... I did, yeah. Yeah, I worked really hard yesterday. So this movie, are you familiar with William Castle? I will I will be familiar with him as soon as we are familiar with some other people we should talk about before we go any further. Our patrons. Absolutely. That is correct. <laughs> it's funny, I told you I told I'm but like, Carl, don't why, you dare forget. But that's why I didn't. <laughs> All right. So um we've been meaning to do this at the top of the show and we keep pushing it back. So our show is listener supported. If you like what we do, if you like if this is your first episode, don't worry, you'll get to hear it in a second. But mm-hmm. these are the people who made it possible. You can head on over to patreon.com slash quill and film, Q U I L L A N D F I L M for shout outs on the show. You can get full length bonus episodes. We actually are going to be doing two bonus episodes tied to this movie. We do all yep. of our sequels and remakes over on Patreon. These are full length episodes. I think there's already like a backlog of like 60. So if you want to. There's a ton over there. Just just Christmas from last year. We'll keep you going for about 14 episodes. Oh, so. yeah, man. It's so Patreon.com is where you can get all the extra goodies. And there's a there's a wealth of them over yes. there. So uh, these are the people who have kept the kept the lights on and kept the celluloid spinning quite literally literally (laughs) in some in some cases when microphones die and things like that it really helps to have people have your back uh so we'd first like to thank casey shibe over in new york city she's our longest running patron and honestly one of the one of the most uh 
pro arts people I've ever met. She just loves supporting the arts. It's amazing. Love that. Mm-hmm. And we also love and like to thank William Rockwood from right here in the northern Michigan area. Uh, William Rockwood is a fantastic stage and theater person and personality. Uh, mm-hmm. We just love having him here as a supporter of our program. And also, this is the first episode we are recording since William Rockwood doubled down and increased his support for the show. Thank, thank you, you for you double so much, dipping William your chips, Rockwood. sir. Really, really appreciate, appreciate you. Uh, we'd also like to thank John Scheibe over in New York City. And for those longtime listeners, I'm going to explain why we did it that way. For longtime listeners of the mm-hmm. show, and give them a shout out at the same time. Absolutely. I like how you're thinking. <laughs> so, uh, we usually say uh, John and Casey Shabby together, but so John and Casey have a new podcast. It's called Some of Us, S U M of Us. Uh, they're four episodes in right now. Honestly, it's totally delightful. I dig it. I can't wait to dig in. <laughs> it's like my new favorite driving podcast. It it's going to be my biking to work podcast. It's amazing. I feel like it, it feels like you're like they're in the back seat just chatting as you drive. It's the but best. But it's like not an annoying conversation. <laughs> no, it's, it's one like that you like. You keep wanting to turn around and like try oh. to join, and they're right, like, like eyes on the road, Max. Right. <laughs> But they had an episode where they're talking about marriage, and one of the things that Casey said in in that episode was one thing she didn't expect was after she got married to John, th- they sort of ceased to be themselves and mm-hmm. became John and Casey Shibe, which I realized is how we thank them at, at the end of every show. Every single they're show. They're separate patrons. They both support the show. Well, it's funny because I always thought that they were one. No, they, they both support the show. And then we do have another uh, patron set that they they support the show together. But I was thinking like, yeah, well, they're, they're, they are their own individual, individual people. Individual, unique They just people. happen to be married to each other. So we're going to start thanking them separately. Fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was a cool move. And go check out Some of Us. It's a pretty cool podcast, actually. Very conversational. We'd did, also like to... Th- oh, sorry. Did you thank the second half of the... John Chibi? Oh, you did do that? Yeah. Oh, okay. If I hadn't, John, thank you so <laughs> right. much. We really appreciate your support, honestly. Um, and we'd also like to thank... As always, we like to thank Connor Sweeney. Um, congratulations, Mr. Sweeney. He's Yay! a He's a father-to-be. Uh, he and his baby. wife, Hannah, are having twins, Basil. <laughs> twins. Um, so we're going to have him on soon for a Patreon-exclusive episode. The way that they did the announcement was so amazing. Their, the like, fake, poster? Yeah, the, the fake movie poster. It's amazing. It's the best thing ever. It's one of Go the reasons. Go follow Connor Sweeney on Facebook. You won't be disappointed. Follow him everywhere. <laughs> Connor is such a delightful human. I've only met him once, but he left such a positive impression. Yes. I was grilling yesterday. A little high. I was grilling yesterday, <laughs> and I was just like, I was because I was. Th- I told Bird that Connor and, and his wife were. What's her name? I'm Hannah. Saying, that Connor and Hannah were gonna have twins, and I'm flipping burgers, and I was out there, and I was like. Connor Sweeney. I haven't seen him in two. Got that smiling face. I was so happy. I was like, we got to get together soon. I can't wait to see that guy again. How does that effect on people? Just having a ball, man, in my backyard, just thinking how happy Connor Sweeney makes me. <laughs> it was a good time. We'd also like to thank Danielle Pelshaw. Danielle uh, has been a long time. Danielle's been a supporter of the show longer, <laughs> longer than, than she's the show been is a- longer bad. than she's been a supporter of the show. She uh, she donates. Massive amounts of time. Yes. Quality time. Yes. <laughs> she donates much. Hey, honey, do you wanna do you wanna hang out? Now I gotta watch this great I, movie yeah. tonight. Strud Dogs Four. <laughs> Fuck. Here we go. We gotta watch Twenty Women in a Bucket tonight. <laughs> Sorry, Danielle. Twenty Women in a Bucket. <laughs> 
she might watch that. It's just a it, the the opening the title sequence is just a meat grinder. Oh God! And she's like, Carl, are you Carl? Carl, can we watch a Disney movie tonight? Please, just one Disney movie. You're like, ah, I gotta watch Hatchet Massacre '91. <laughs> right. I can't. I gotta watch Hatchet Wound. <laughs> Oh, 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 that is the type of movie that That's she type of movie that invariably she always, yeah. happens to be around for, so though. So, capital T, thank you, babe. Yeah, no kidding. We'd also like to thank Katie Clark, the bardest with the, the hardest, bardest with the hardest riffs on her lyre. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> complicated. She is still working playing. on her. It's not out yet, but as soon as she's working on a podcast herself right now, which I'm excited to 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 hopefully uh, bring bring out on this show and get her on the show. She wants yeah. to be part of the Harry Potter series. We so. would love. We have lots of Harry Potter movies left. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll definitely have Katie Clark on. We're I, I want. We have to get Connor Sweeney on. He's the fucking reason we're doing exactly. all the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> Um, we'd also like to thank Kelly and Mike Wagner um, You guys ha- are amazing I've never met you I don't know you But Carl assures me That you are essentially walking saints Yeah pretty much <laughs> And they're very active on emailing Yeah yeah Which they've, is great They've hit us up a couple times on, on the old email Not lately Probably because I've started talking about their emails on the show <laughs> And they're like They're uh, a little gun shy now It's not safe anymore <laughs> Damn it We ch- do read these We tried Duh <laughs> I was hoping I spelled the email wrong. Right. <laughs> and then I could be like, I sent you one. I don't know what happened to it. I thought I forgot the dot com. Uh, and then we let, do you want to hit our, let's do our last two. Yep. You do this one mm-hmm. and I'll do this one and Sweet. we'll say them at the same time. Okay. All right. We'd like to thank David Brian Rowney. Jackson. What? Carl? No, I'm kidding. I did it right. <laughs> I know you did. I think David exactly Rowney and you thank Brian Jackson. Yeah. You guys are the best. Brian Jackson, David Rowney. We love you guys. You're amazing. That is all of our patrons. So patreon.com slash quillandfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. There's all sorts of cool goodness over there. I highly recommend going and listening to the uh, House of Wax episode. The Dracula v. Dracula episode oh, is amazing. yeah. Those are nice little uh, the, companion episodes to yeah, this month. And just because it's on there and some people might have missed it, the Princess Bride episode is like <sighs> I a love that episode. fest of amazingness. Well, we're, so, just, we're just so ugly the entire time during that episode. Totally, man. It's it's just a, a nostalgic trip down memory lane. So let's get in to House on of a bitch. Well, Max. We, we gave some love to the patrons. No, we did. Max, right. listen. Yes. Max. Yes. Carl. You know what I fucking love about old movies? That they're great? That they're fucking fantastic? This movie's phenomenal. Yes, it is. And there are some che- there's some cheesy shit, but there's Tons some there's, there's some also some like ooky spooky shit. There's a gen- there's, there's a couple of like genuine scares. Two genuine scares, in, scares here. in particular that I'm like they weird me out. I don't know, but this is great. So okay, one of them is clearly the blind caretaker. Yes, that is fucking scary. Yes, this is the. Oh, by the way, this is the first horror film I ever saw. That's it's got to be close to the first for me. It's part of why I put it on the list. My dad, another one, my dad showed me. Yeah, he was. This like, is like Vincent this. Price, um, a show, a movie that we're going to be watching later this month, The Last Man on Earth, another Vincent Price movie. Right. These two, I feel like, were like the same summer or something of introduction to. Oh, <laughs> uh, two spooky movies. I was like Vincent for Price, me when I was a kid. Yeah, he did do another horror movie the same year. That's The Tingler, also directed by William Rock. That William that's Castle. an interesting movie because they actually rigged up the the seats to have like electric shocks Incorrect. and shit in them, Ready? isn't it? No, go ahead. I have all my notes. Oh on my William goodness. Castle. Okay, so so th- director William Castle was was notorious. Yeah, for people fainting, having heart attacks, walking out of movies, all like. Myth. 
It's all a myth. All a myth. No, it's, Maxwell. It's good. No, it's good though. Okay. It, it's PR. It's PR. And so, it's great PR because even here in 2019, I'm like, and you know, that William Castle. William he Castle. He caused people to lose their dentures. William Castle got his start. He was the he is the original PR stunt hype man. That is fantastic. Like remember when the the new movie Rings or whatever came out? They, oh, they the had, Ring movie and Ringu yeah, and all that. They had that, a yeah. TV set or they had something set up in Times Square as like a television, and they had an actress inside it, and like Samara came out of the TV mm-hmm. and spooked everyone. William Castle is where that train started. starts. Okay. So he started working for they called him the gimmick king. He started working for a big studio originally. I can't remember what his like his first couple films were, but when you look at his credits, you're like, holy shit, he worked on some big stuff yeah. early on. He was dissatisfied with the way that the marketing was being handled. He thought that he could punch up these B movies. Did uh, so he started with uh, 1958. He started with a film called Macabre. Uh, every customer who went in to go and see Macabre got a certificate for a $1,000 life insurance policy in case they should die of fright during the film. That's amazing. So that is, that's where it all, that's is where it starts. There's another movie. I actually didn't write that one down, but I know exactly what you're talking about when you said like people would walk out or people would have heart attacks and faint and shit. Uh, which actually did happen during the uh, screenings of Hostel because people didn't know what they were watching and they thought, it was, a, a they thought it was a snuff film. So like, I think there was like seven heart attacks in the opening weekend or something. So they started putting ambulances at the movie, which is a total William Castle oh, move. That's, oh my God, it's amazing. Oh, I know exactly what his first thing was. It was before he even made a movie. He wrote a play in 48 hours about Nazis, hired a German actress. There was laws on the books at the time that German actors couldn't work. Right, right, right. The blacklist and all that. Well, they, <clears throat> they couldn't work unless they'd uh, no, it's German law. German German citizens, German actors couldn't appear in plays in America unless they'd appeared in them first in Germany. Okay, gotcha. So he lied and said that he was hiring this woman for some other fictitious, non-existent play. And she, he said, yeah, she was in that over in Germany. I'm doing it over here. Totally made up. Totally fabricated. Amazing. Wrote the thing in 48 hours, then snuck back to the theater that he basically conned the owner into letting him use for his opening in the middle of the night and vandalized it. He sprayed swastikas all over it and like vandalized. So there was a big news report and people wanted to come and see this highly controversial play. That's how he got his start. He started working for big film companies. Hype, hype. No oh kidding, God, dude. dude. He does, so he does Macabre in 58 and starts giving out these certificates and people are like, holy shit, this movie's so scary that you get a life insurance policy. <laughs> House on Haunted Hill is the next movie he makes, 1959. At the, pe- at the climax of this movie, spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, and this is a this is the perfect like family Halloween October movie. Yes, I've watched this movie at least twice a year. Honestly, I l- absolutely adore this movie. And in October, there's nothing more perfect. And the runtime is perfect for having like an evening of ooky spooky. Hour fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah seventy five yeah. minutes. So when the skeleton comes out of the vat of acid and like is floating towards the wife, there was a black box hidden next to the t- uh, the movie screen that you couldn't see because it's dark. Oh my god! And the box would pop open and a skeleton on wires would fly out over the audience with glowing red eyes and this worked i would shit it worked right now i would shit <laughs> it worked for like a week but then all then the, everyone's like oh my god guys the skeleton pops out and well all the kids started telling each other and they all brought slingshots and would shoot candy at it or throw like boxes of popcorn and try and knock it down so they had to, so they stopped doing the skeleton because the Fucking theater is kids. just trashed <laughs> right. at the end of every show there's just people like trying to shoot the skeleton out of the can't time. really blame them <laughs> i, I know i do it too thing. so the tingler 1959 
It was actually uh, <laughs> this is the one that you think you thought they were wired they up. They like wired up, yeah, like a little buzz buzz. No, that was a uh, that was that was some myth making that may have originated with William William, William Castle, Castle hims- okay. himself. What they actually what he actually did is he bought so the 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 plot of the Tingler is there's a uh, a creature that attaches itself to your spine and feeds on fear, and the only way to kill it is by the only way to destroy it is by screaming. Screaming will destroy it. So, um, they in in there's a point near the climax of the film where the creature has gotten loose, and they say in the movie that it's escaped into the theater. That Fuck. the the thing is free. It's loose in the theater. And Vincent Price turns to the camera and says, "Scream, scream for your lives." And at that point, uh, an attendant would. Click flip a switch, and what William Rockwood or what William Cast—I keep saying William Rockwood. Yes, he's our patron. What Will? What Willie Rockwood? Back in the day, it's his great great grandfather. He was the guy behind William Castle. Who did. Willie Rockwood. So what William Castle did was he bought a bunch of military surplus wing de-icers, which are motors that vibrate to break ice off of mm-hmm. the wings, and they would rig these. And these are military surplus like C one thirty. These are some vibrate oh, yeah. motherfucking engines, and he would rig them up to. Various seats not all of them but some seats in fact so um, the person next to you starts screaming Well, yeah, and also like might not necessarily be you and it's a in the bunch of them seat. It's like 15 people are suddenly shrieking and the whole audience is so startled by it that they all start screaming That's genius. Yeah, so that's if you did everybody that's one thing But it's more terrifying when like why are they screaming? Why are these people screaming so loud? It's just that that effect oh my God. John Waters says that the tingler was one of his favorite movies growing up He was a child when it came out mm-hmm. and he used to go into the theaters and he would look under the seats until he found one with an, a motor on it So he could fully enjoy the experience. He went and saw like That's fantastic. every every showing of it or whatever. Oh my god! And he'd go find the right seats. Yeah, um, Waters is a huge fan of William Castle, which you can kind of get. 1960, 13 ghosts. Viewers are given uh, a ghost viewer and ghost remover in case it got too scary. Too spooky. So red would make the ghosts on screen visible, and then the blue side would make them disappear. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and actually, the DVD re-release of Thirteen Ghosts came with the. Came the flippy dude, the, the, the viewer, yeah. That's another one that has a remake from like the early 2000s. Yeah, it does, which is kind of fun in a weird way. Like, there's something I love about the 2000s movies. But what you're talking about, people walking out. There was a movie that he did. I don't have the note here, Fair but enough. I did read it in the. I was I read basically his whole bio on IMDb and Wikipedia because yeah. I became fascinated. I love. I've I've always known kind of about him, but I wanted to get the deets. The for details, the show. sure, sure. So the movie you're talking about. There was a 45-second gap right before the climax. Where it said, if you are too scared. If you're too scared, you can... They put a clock up on there in 60 seconds. You can... 45. Oh, shit. You can leave the theater and get a full refund during that time period. It's like, look. 45 seconds. You got 45 seconds to get out. Once that time period is passed, you're locked in and you're going to have to watch the horrors we're about to show you. So what people started doing is people would watch the whole movie... And then just stay in the theater and watch the second showing and leave at the 45 seconds and get, get their, their money, money back. back. So they'd see the ending and get their cash back. So what William Castle did is he tweaked it for f- further showings at that mm-hmm. point. So what he did was during that time period, there was a kid in a booth <laughs> near the exit for the theater. And the booth was called the Coward's Corner. And it was yellow, painted yellow. Mm-hmm. 
and there was yellow lights and there were signs along this path of yellow lights that said like you know like cowards keep walking oh my god <laughs> like that sort of thing so during that time period uh, john waters another one that john waters talks about he says if you were going to leave the theater they put a spotlight on you as you walked up to, oh it, to discourage god. people from right, leaving right of course so it's like they put a spotlight on you you had to get up you have to you had to sign a little certificate oh that said that i am a bona fide coward <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole in John Waters is talking about it in this interview and he says the whole audience would just be jeering and booing these people and throwing popcorn on them and shit. And this poor little kid has to make a legitimately scared. I'm really <laughs> sorry, sir, but you do have to sign that you are in fact a coward in order for me. <laughs> so then they would, you know, then the movies they leave and they then leave the, movie the movie continues. reaches its conclusion. But yeah, so this is who William Castle is. I love that. Oh my God, dude. Oh, and my last note on him, which I think is really interesting, is after 13 Ghosts, 1960, guess what horror movie came out just after 1960? Psycho? No. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, fuck. William Castle bought the rights to Rosemary's Baby, intending to direct it because he wanted to move out of B pictures into A pictures. But the studio looked at what he had, that novel by Ira Levin. They mm-hmm. looked at the source material and they looked at his career and they're like, Mm-mm, this is good. We got to give this to somebody good. And he kind of missed his shot. Fair enough. So they gave they made him a producer and gave the film to Roman Polanski. But it was William Castle's wow. baby originally. And they, <laughs> Rosemary's baby was William Castle's baby. <laughs> but so he was trying to break Fucking into the, crazy, the, the, the big leagues and they gave it to Polanski. Pol- Honestly, though, you can't be mad because Polanski, Polanski did an amazing it. job. It's yeah. an incredible film. But Will- William Castle Castle's a producer on that movie, and he's the guy who got those got those wheels turning. That's amazing. Yes. So, you know what's weird is, given all of the like gimmick things that are tied to William Castle, House on Haunted Hill is a very well made movie. It it is, and I kept noticing that throughout. I mean, it's. This is did you watch the black and white? Did you watch the recolorized version first of all? Oh, I I only have the black and white. All right, good because so I I, I had to rent it. It was free on Prime, and there are two. So. Listeners, if you're going to watch this, there are two versions on Prime for free right now. One is a recolorized edition that they did in like the early 60s or they something. They did it with Three for Madness, too. Right. Or it's the original black and white version. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend, and I think you would agree, that the black and white is the only way to go. Definitely. If a, if a film was originally shot and presented in black and white, never ever dip your toe into the no, colorized version. Don't waste your time with colorized versions. They ne- they don't look right. They're really well, they weren't, distracting. The, the director wasn't the director of photography. Everything is no, set yeah. up for black and white and grayscale, essentially. Right, so, right, right. Um, yeah, black and white, man. It's so... I almost, almost did the colorized... Did the you watch the black and white one? Yeah, I watched black and white. So, you, Have you ever seen the film... Have you ever seen film sets from old black and white movies? Aren't they aren't... The colors are weird, right? Like, yeah, because... To make things look right in black and white, you have to focus more on saturation right. and the way that co- certain colors reflect. So, like, if you look at otherwise, old, it'd be all blurry and weird, right? If you were to shoot, if you just shoot a regular house, right. right? I mean, now you can because the cameras are way better. They're picking up everything, so. right? The cameras pick up such a such a wide. But back in the day, if you wanted to get to shoot black and white properly, like uh, a lot of people look dead. They used to do makeup different. Like a lot of people's faces would have green. They'd have like green makeup around the eyes be- just because of how green looked in black, black and white. white. Sure. So like there's green makeup. They're wearing like people who look like they're wearing like just a, like a sensible black suit. They might have like a like a dark purple suit on mm-hmm. with like a weird pink tie. But when you shoot in black and white, it looks, looks like a it, yeah. It looks correct. So. 
it's pretty cool actually you can go and just just do some googling on like uh like weird weird color costumes in black and white stuff so when they recolorize it that's them trying to guess what the colors are supposed to be rather than what they are exactly and the thing is invariably lit incorrectly for that they always look a little funny like cartoony in a way because essentially they are coloring in it, yeah it looks like it looks like someone it's like the the earliest days of rotoscoping. Exactly. Almost. Yeah, it does look a little fucked up. So black and white is the, the only way the to go. Utter, the, oh yeah, it's the only way. Because the first thing we have, Maxwell, a black screen, and it holds for a while. Yeah, well, we the, get ooky spooky sounds. It's the opening gimmick. I have another yeah. note, another William Castle. Note. Yeah, of course this is an opening gimmick. I so love it. this is the first time this has ever been done. The no no image but scary sounds. It was so effective that they started making. Haunted house tracks or haunted house records. Well, that's what my my first note was. It sounds like someone playing a spooky sound record. It, that's exactly what it is. This is the first one. That's fucking amazing, so Max. All those haunted house records and like scary sounds that yeah. I have on vinyl. That was born from this movie because the opening scared it's so people. effective. Yeah, it scared people. That is so much. amazing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! That's so, amazing. Yeah, so William William Castles inadvertently created the uh, the Halloween soundtrack here. Oh my god! So the, I, what do you think of that? The, this movie for me has some of the best screaming in it ever. Okay, my note on the screaming is is my first note was I didn't like her scream because uh-huh. it's not what I'm used to from like modern horror, like the guttural, visceral, screamy, screamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like. 18 octaves higher than a human should be it's able so to high. scream and consistently piercing. Yeah. And my first note was, I don't like the scream. It's annoying me. But it, every time she did it, it she, made my body cringe. Yeah. So I changed my note. There's I'm like, a, that is a perfect, it is a vibration There is. In there's it. a little like, there's like, like bubbles or and something. Bubbles. It's Some, horrifying. So my first note was, I didn't like the scream because it wasn't, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis or it wasn't, you know, that. Last house on the left kind of scream. Holy shit. But this is that high pitched, <laughs> higher than a human should be. It's a banshee screaming, is what it is. Yeah, oh my God, totally. I, I don't know where the note is, but my note is Nora Manning is the bar by which I judge all screams. Fucking claims. A now, yeah. She has, she has for me, it's like. When you watch a movie and I hear a, it in my head now and it's doing that to my arms. Do you, I mean, you see me over here, man. <laughs> Her scream is really scary. It's it's um it is a scream queen scream though. Yeah. When we did the last uh the um uh I spit on your grave series, mm-hmm. there is we talked a lot about the per, the vocal performances of the actresses and screaming, and it's like it sounds so real. It sound that's how you would scream if this exactly. was happening to you. But there's another type of horror movie scream, and it's that. It's that, you know, like the zombies are shambling towards me and the footage is a little wobbly. And then, yeah, exactly. It's like an alarm going off. Right. It's, or a kettle of tea, your tea's ready that. Right. Like it's that. It's, there's like the R rated scream, the mm-hmm. NC-17 scream where it's dirty and yeah, it's, that's that type right. of thing. But then there's the PG-13 or, or the PG-1959 horror yeah. movie scream and there's something just as scary about it, but with like this beautiful patina of nostalgia yeah, absolutely. around it. Absolutely. I love Nora Manning's scream. I don't know the actress who plays her. I think it might be Carol Omart, but man, her scream is so good. I like the creepy laughter in that in the darkness. Where yeah, it's just, just a random <laughs> But it's not even like a mad scientist laugh. No, it's it like isn't. this weird like <laughs> it's so weird sounding it, it really and it's because you're right the screen is 100 percent black for like a almost a full minute it's long it's you're a long like, time 
you're like, this is unsettling. It's just a woman screaming. And then cut to Elisha Jr.'s head pops up. It's fucking great. Disembodied heads explaining there are ghosts in this house. So this guy pops up in there lots are nine of stuff. dead. Oh, he does. He's a character actor of uh, just he's fantastic. He's he's ranks up there with any of them, all of them. There's another movie in a different movie pack that I have called Messiah of Evil, in which he plays basically the same guy. Exactly the same guy. He, he's the harbinger of like he's the one that knows that the thing is the bad thing. And I have notes on that. When casually we get a warns in. people, but doesn't do really anything about it. No, he's the best. He's just like the cryptic cynic. Mm-hmm. Yes, holy. And he's an out a hardcore drunk dude. He's just fucking wasty pants. He has holes. <laughs> For his fucking for his flasks and shit. There's a great moment in this where Vincent, so Vincent Price, he tries to drink his gun at one moment. Like Jesus, he's just. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll hit him we'll as we go. But it. but when Elisha Cook Jr. pops up and he goes, in a few moments, I'm gonna take you to the most haunted house in the world. Seven people have died there. Maybe more before the night is over. Oh, but the spirits are restless. Can you hear them in the walls? It's just, he has this. They're moving. I love how he's. He has this delivery where he just, he seems like a haunted man. He is a haunted person. Absolutely. But if you go on. His brain is kind of fucking broken. Go go look at his IMDb though sometime. He's in like Magnum P.I. Yeah. He's a television guy is where you see him a lot. And he, he does he never plays this guy on no. TV. He's always like he'll play like the, the con artist or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's awesome. Elisha Cook Jr. is one of my favorite little like uh, he's never he's never rocking the lead, but he's always never. he's always like but always the, coming correct. He's the perfect seasoning on top of this movie, man. Anytime he's gone too long, the movie does it seems to miss something, and then he pops back in. He's like, no, nine, no, no point in saying goodnight. Walks into his room. He's like, he is the he is a professional in charge of pointing out um, like coincidence mm-hmm. here. Oh, there's six females and two males. There's ghosts or six females and two males. That's a perfect match. Yeah. Oh, there's six hours left until daylight. There's yeah. six of us left, but. Hmm. And so he's always he lets you know what's he's happening. He's like, yeah, he checks in. He's like, just so you know. Let me pop. Let me pop down to my note on him. Actually, so the the basic premise for those of you who don't know is a an eccentric millionaire. And they update it to a billionaire. Of course, for, in the two thousands. The Jeffrey Rush. Probably, yeah, version. probably be a trillionaire next time they do this movie. But it's this, just Trump. <laughs> he invites everyone to the White House. You go to come over to my house. And no one shows up. I'm like, well, no, it's that's, Trump Tower. That's he would never right. take them to. But well, no, he'd take them to the White House because right. he's like, look at this dumpy mansion. But nobody shows up. There's a, <laughs> there's all these cobwebs and this house is disgusting. I hate it. It's probably haunted. If you were in Trump Tower, okay, there'd be no ghosts. <laughs> oh there'd be no ghosts. I have the best ghost security. I have the Ghostbusters. I have a ghost squad. I have ghost squads. <laughs> It's called Ghost Force. It's a guy of a ghost force. Ghost Force. <laughs> so Vincent, Vincent Price plays Mr. Lauren, who's an eccentric millionaire married to, I'm, uh, I think, I can't remember her uh, actual name. Bitch. Do you remember? I just said Mrs. Lauren. I it's don't know Mrs. Lauren. Name. Well, she's like... <sighs> 
Yeah, okay, so whatever her name it's I just call her Mrs. Lauren in all of my notes. So Mr. and Mrs. Lauren. Mrs. Lauren is a gold digger. A little bit. Straight up. She's a black widow too, She's man. She's a black widow. She did. She tried to kill him. Yeah. So well, he very casually said, and you tried to poison me last don't time. Don't you remember remember that time you poisoned me? <laughs> She's like something you ate, the doctor said. He yes, goes, arsenic poisoning. Arsenic on the rocks. Right. You'd do it again if you thought you could get away with it, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? <laughs> but so he invites five strangers. I think it's five. It's the drunk guy, the test pilot, Nora, the doctor, and the gambler lady. Yes. So there is five. So he invites five strangers to come and stay one night in this haunted house. No, you're wrong. It's Colonel Mustard, Mrs. Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see where Clue got. Some of the, kinda, yeah. yeah. So he invites he invites five strangers to come and spend the night in this haunted house, and if they can stay from midnight until eight a.m., he will give them each ten thousand dollars, which in today's money is eighty three thousand dollars. I would still do it for ten k. I'd do it for t- I'd, do I'd do it, it for, for a grand. I'd do it for a hundred dollars. I would probably do it for a hundred dollars. Suck a dick for a nickel. So. <laughs> Dude, look, if I got Vincent Price making me scotch and sodas uh, all night long, With the actual soda spritzer, hell too. Hell yeah. yeah. I do have a note. Vincent Price is the only person who is allowed to add ice to whiskey rather than pouring whiskey over ice. He can put as many rocks in there as he wants to. If he want, Well, no, what I mean is oh, if you're put gonna, the, you got to right. put the ice first because allegedly if you add ice to whiskey, Shocks it, it bruises it. Yeah, yeah, so it changes the flavor. But if Vincent Price does it, you shut your fucking mouth and you drink that drink. <laughs> you drink it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so... All these people show up and none of them know each other. None of them know Vincent Price. As far as we as know. As far as we know. We do find out. <laughs> Everyone fucking knows each other. <laughs> well, by the end, we do right. we do find out that one, the doctor, the hysteria guy. Yes. <laughs> this you is want a to clip. take a, what, Would you care for a sedative? sedative? Everyone's just, trying to... Dude, they're all smashing scotch and sodas and he's slinging Xanax <laughs> exactly. like a crazy man. He's like, you've had a terrible shock. Would you care for a sedative? <laughs> sedative? You've had a very mild shock. Would you care for a sedative? Nothing has happened to you at all, but would you like a sedative? <laughs> You're just like, look, Doc, you're being kind of loosey-goosey with the prescription book here. <laughs> fine, more for me then, popping sedatives. Hey, I so. thought this was a party. Right. <laughs> I brought the good shit. <laughs> I brought the good shit lollipop. Let's go, Doctor David Trent is my one of my favorite characters. For those of you who haven't seen this movie from 1959, he is one of the two bad guys. Right. He and Mrs. Lauren know each other, which I have a pretty big note on. If billionaire millionaire did he, he would have to have known that they were lovers because that's why he invites him he says a line at the beginning that kind of glosses it a little and look this is a 1959 black and white movie that was i think shot for like twenty thousand dollars it's so there's gonna be some issues with it this movie for me rides a lot on nostalgia there's definite plot holes oh yeah but the whole twist is a plot hole well yeah (laughs) there's there's other stuff too like some of the stuff that happens in the house I think could only be accomplished supernaturally, but exactly. it all seems to be intentional. Anyway, the there's a line early on where uh, Vincent Price is talking to Mrs. Lauren, and he's like, "If ever a man had grounds for divorce," and she's like, uh, "She's like, if you could prove them." Oh right, yeah. And he goes, "Would you? Would you just walk? Would you walk away for a million dollars?" And she shakes her head and he goes, "You want it all, don't you? I deserve it all. Your jealousy and your possessiveness are maddening." But he alludes to the fact, which I think is probably the that most you knows. can do in '59, right, yeah. that she's having affairs. Mm-hmm. 
because she says if you could prove them and what he's saying isn't you tried to kill me he's saying you're sleeping around right so i thought that was kind of i thought that was kind of cool and actually it's the first time i've ever noticed it vincent price suspects that his wife is having affairs which is grounds for divorce in 1959 infidelity so he thinks there's a lover he doesn't know who it is it happens to be dr Trent. the doctor so doctor sedative himself <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Zanny, Zanny the nanny, Zanny the nanny. Aww. Um, so that we we get this awesome bit with the where we see the house, and then Vincent Price pops up. Do you know who who that is? The architect? No, I watched it's it. a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Is it really yep. okay? Because I was wondering, is that Frank? Because there that architecture is so specific. It's amazing. Dude. It reminds me of if you're like not Emma Asher. Um, the 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 name of the house for those of you who want to look it up, it's called the Ennis Brown House. It's in Los Angeles. It still exists. So you can find the pictures of it on YouTube really fast. It's incredible architecture. It's man. amazing. But one thing I when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that does kind of look like Frank Lloyd Wright. But I Bird Frank Lloyd Wright is Bird's favorite architect, and I was like, come here, come here. It's a, it's a Frank Lloyd Wright house. Check it out in House on Haunted Hill. And yeah. she comes over and she goes, that is so outside of his normal style. It's it's an unusual house for Frank Lloyd Wright. Bird showed me yeah, a whole it bunch of looks a little his, manic. Like it does. It's part of it is I think the bricks, the the bricks that are he has set in that are like they have like sunk like a sunken circular design inside yeah. a square, so it creates a weird texture. Also, the house uses really unusual levels. levels. Yeah, and one of the things that he did a lot of, which there's Bird showed me a bunch of his other houses, and apparently two of the things. Two of like his quote unquote trademarks that we don't see in this house is one, he used a lot of horizontal lines. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see that because the house is low and long, because Frank Lloyd Wright was really short. So he always liked low ceilings, but to make the house not seem oppressive, he would make really long lines inside to accentuate the width rather than the rather height. Than the height. That's interesting. And the other thing that Frank Lloyd Wright did a lot of, which isn't does isn't really in evidence in this house, is cantilevering. He would use like he would make like cantilevered upper decks or overhangs or upper stories that are cantilevered, which look amazing, mm-hmm. but is kind of absent in this house. But sure. still, I- well, that's why because this is the thing about the house is this is one of the first ones that we we see. I think at this point when where you see the exterior of the house, lightning. Cre- it's not a lightning it's not Frankenstein's. Right. I'm sorry. I no, did not right. mean to do that to it's, you, Carl. It's, it's not Frankenstein's castle. It's not the spooky house on a hill. Very modern. It's very super modern. Yeah. But then when we get inside. Kind of old. It's kind of like. Old timing. You went into the ooky spooky manner. But I'm willing to forgive what it. they actually but. did was they went into a. It was a set. Right. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you. This is one of my favorite haunted houses. Yeah. Because, because it's not that weird psycho house or like this, no the manor. And yeah. There's It's super modern. Clean, yeah. From the nine, uh, seven people just happened to. It doesn't have been look at all here. like you expect it to look, and it does look ominous. And part of what makes it ominous, actually, oh my god, I have a note on that. Um, uh, I love. So I want to jump back to the introduction of our characters because I think it's really well handled. But there is a moment when they all arrive at the house. Yeah, I like the car approach, and, the, uh, the approaching cars in their introduction. Yeah, well, of each character. But when they get there, Lance goes and stands on the balcony. The city is right, right there. there. They're not like it's how you think in your brain house on Haunted Hill. You think you're going up like a two track somewhere. Well, have you ever? They're seen in Mulholland or something like. They're yeah. They're at the end of Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Looking, I don't know the layout of LA, but like you, they're looking down you're at the hills the or whatever. You're and you're looking at the hills. You yeah. can see the lights of the city. They're in town, mm-hmm. and this is the most haunted house that there is. Have there's two. I fucking love that haunted. Okay, so this is. 
this is going to come as a shock to you, Carl, because you know me. I'm kind of a I love shocking movies. Mm-hmm. I love really gory movies. Mm-hmm. I love controversial shit. Mm-hmm. My favorite genre of horror is haunted house movies. Dude. Right? Like, I, look, I, dude, I will get down on gore and horrific There's torture. Something all day about long. the house. The haunted though. house. Poltergeist genre. is my favorite. Have you ever seen The Haunting? Yes. Based on The Haunting of Hill House by yes. Shirley Jackson? Yes, yes. That's a masterpiece. And that is very traditional. They drive a long way out of town, up a hill into a secluded. And it's an old mansion yes. with grounds and stuff. There's another one called uh, uh, Hell House. It's a book. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's ever been made into a movie. It's by Richard Matheson, the guy who wrote I Am Legend, oh which God. is the, what the movie uh, The Last, Last man, man on, on Earth, Earth is based on. And The Omega Man. <laughs> so, and The Omega Man, which we will also be watching. Um, but Hell House is another one. It's in a swamp. Everything in the swamp is dead. There's mists that hang mm. everywhere. The atmosphere is bad. But when you watch The House on Haunted Hill, or it's actually just House on Haunted Hill. Right. When you watch House on Haunted Hill, it's this very clean lines, lots of glass, modern, modern house. On the outside. But yeah. Yeah, once you get inside, you're, you're basically just. <laughs> you got the creaky doors and chandeliers held up by a cobweb. <laughs> like. I don't even mind. I don't I either. I honestly don't. I forget about it by the time we get rocking and rolling. But I so. think that the, I think the Frank Lloyd Wright house is a, that's a genius, that's a yeah, stroke of genius. Yeah, a great move. And very unique. Yes. For the haunted house genre. So. All right, we get the. I, I love Vincent Price's. So we actually get a second disembodied head. It's Vincent Price pops up, and we're like, Is You this have how been this? invited. You have been invited. Everyone, you have until. I, I like his last line. You have until midnight to find the house on Haunted Hill. And then we get our intro. We get our intros. But he goes, My wife is throwing a party. I can't. I'll never get it. No, nope, I'm going to try for I know. the rest of my life. Well, we have several movies. We've got a today. lot, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, my wife is throwing a party. It, you know, it's like in a in a haunted house, and he goes, "It's a haunted house party." She's so amusing. And then the next thing he goes is, uh, "It was my wife's idea to have our guests come in funeral cars." She's so amusing. I love that double hit mm-hmm. of "She's so amusing" because before we even see either of them one time, you know that he you, fucking hates her. You know exactly. You know their, yep, relationship. their relationship. Absolutely, you've got their relationship like perfectly pegged. Um, and then so what they? It's genius. He goes, "The hearse was my idea. It's empty now, but we'll see by <laughs> see morning." See by morning. So the hearse rolls by the camera, and as each car passes, we cut into the car, mm-hmm. and we see the passenger in the back, and he goes, "You know, like." Eugenia <laughs> He gives them the bio And you know what it is It's invest. It's the investigator card In Arkham And you're reading Their quick little uh, It's like the investigator card In Clue <laughs> No it really is Yeah <laughs> no, you're right. no, it's, it's that trope You're right that's though It's become a thing Honestly You're you're more right about the It's the investigator cards right. In Arkham Horror Which Spendy Adams The urchin I want to fucking play Arkham Horror I know, me So too. bad right I'm, now I'm going through Some more campaigning <laughs> As soon as we're done I'm, I'm hitting up I was gonna go right But I might grab the box down And do <laughs> Uh, do Dunwich but um yeah so they, they they're like and everyone has two sides it's like this is Lance Schroeder he's a test pilot very very brave man but then but, you get the flip and side then he goes, of his coin but also I happen to know that he desperately needs the money mm-hmm. I wonder how I wonder how brave he'll be in the face of ghosts next we have and then it cuts it to the next woman kind of mustard in the library <laughs> but I, the ones that I love the most I can't remember her name but I I just, just been calling her the gambler the gambler lady yes yes she, there's a little note about her too she's feisty as fuck too I, and I, I'm not positive but I think that's Julie Mitchum 
Robert Mitchum's sister. Yeah, I think that is. I am not 100% positive on that. I didn't do my, I, I kind of did my research on like the cast very late in the game. No, today. fair enough. But I'm pretty sure that's Robert Mitchum's sister, and I'm pretty sure this is her last movie. Mm. So anyway, she showed up to work, and she had this big ass ring on her pinky. Like this really weird ring with lots of like bumps and weird lumps on it. It's very distinctive. And William Castle wrote in three close-ups because he thought it added an occult. Oh my god, that's amazing! Like she might be into like seances and shit. Like she might have a bit of the occult in, in her, her character. background. Oh my god! So he was amazing. like, "No, no, we're keeping that ring." And I'm. That's why the blood gag. So you can see it her drops hand. on her hand, so you can zoom in on the hand and see the ring. That's why it's there. Isn't that fucking awesome? I was like, little... is like she has blood on her hands. Right, but like. But something about, but something the, about, showing about that the ring. ring. That's really cool. So she becomes like an Arkham investigator. You know, like oh gosh, that's this, incredible. It's like because she has a background, perhaps. It's like in Wendy's the amulet. You know, oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I love her. I gotta make an ash campaign deck. What are you? Whatever. Just devolves into an episode yeah. about Arkhamore. Um, Coming soon to a podcast near you. Not too long. Yeah, hopefully we can get that up and running in a month or two. But uh. Fucking three days. <laughs> just dump everything else and just Fuck start. Fucking sweet rainbow. <laughs> Fuck it. Done. We're done. We're, We're done. With just Patrick playing Arkham. Game Art. Break Studios presents. Dude, damn. So I honestly, if you pushed me just a little, Carl, I would totally do it. I'd be down here playing Arkham Horror at six in the morning. Birds like come to bed. I'm like, bed. I'm no. like, no, no. I gotta. I gotta tweak this fucker. I gotta. I gotta get this deck dialed in. <sighs> We're doing an episode tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the chaos bag is giving me shit. <laughs> I got pl- I'm gonna start playing on easy. Right. There's too many minus threes minus in this. I can't do it. That's so much Arkham Horror inside baseball. Oh my god. Uh, but my so we get we find out Nora Manning. The two I care most about are Nora Manning and Dr. David Trent because we find out that Nora's the last one. Mm-hmm. Nora, when he gets to Nora, he goes, "This is Nora Manning. She works for me." But we've she's the met. one with the scream. She is she our scream is our queen. Scream queen. Okay. Uh, if everyone and else, she knows the pilot. No, they. Nope, no one. They knows just get close quickly, quickly because she's immediately like started get starts getting like terrified, and he's the strong hero. Right. Character. Well, they go exploring together. It's amazing. Yeah. That opening exploration is amazing. But he goes, Nora. He goes, isn't she pretty? And we find out that her like her whole she's taking care of like four kids all by herself, so she needs the money. Right. And then we see Doctor David Trent. And he goes. Uh, he says, this is Dr. David Trent, a leading psychiatrist in the thing of... One for manslaughter. I mean, <laughs> over-prescription of, <laughs> of sedatives. <laughs> but he goes, he claims he's here to further his research on hysteria. Right. But don't you see a touch of greed around the around mouth, mouth and, and eyes? And Trent turns to camera. I think he's... Because if you watch his sight lines, he kind of like looks around, like maybe he's looking out the front windshield, but he straight up turns to camera and gives a little eyebrow. Dude, it's such a I, great moment. I wrote it. I mean, <laughs> greed lives around the mouth and the eyes. I love that, dude. I, I Don't you see a touch of greed there around the mouth? Ma- but just something about and no one he, else does. Nope. But Trent turns to camera and you're like, why are you different? And the reason we know ends up now. Being the bad exactly. Guy. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the guests all arrive. Immediately, a chandelier falls and almost kills Nora. <laughs> My note is: this house does not fuck around. Barely get in the front door and throw a chandelier at their heads. You like- know, my favorite part about that is David Trent has just arrived. Mm-hmm. 
So like the house has probably been prepped or whatever, you know, because there's st- like the skeleton in the basement. And the yep, everything thing. is set and ready set to go. Set up, but I kind of don't think the chandelier was part, part of, of it. Part of it? I don't. I don't think so either. Vincent Price doesn't seem too like. Blown this has away. been my read on this flick for a while. Is the house is haunted? As well as there are so, but I don't think that I don't think the Vincent Price character believes that it is. Right, and he's just setting up. He's just going to use the the story of the house being haunted to his advantage to make this whole scheme work and to give it more uh, credibility or whatever. I'm, I'm with you on but that. But I think that there are also ghosts that are actively fucking around in there. I think that house is and legit. I think the chandelier is part of that. I think the bleeding ceiling is part of the ploy. I think that the bleeding ceiling is genuine. You do? Okay. Yeah, because I, I think it's really interesting. We see the bleeding ceiling in the hallway, mm-hmm. and that's a legit stain. And we find out from Elijah well, That's Cook, right. It's been there for longer than, than they had rented the house for. Right. And co- the drunk guy, Cook, our, our fun little uh, like a uh, bit part actor, mm-hmm. he shows when he's talking about it. He, Watson we, Pritchard is his. Well, Pritchard, that's yeah. his name. So Pritchard is like that. There was a girl murdered murdered upstairs. upstairs, and that's her blood seeping through the floor. So that legit happened. When our mystic gambler chick is not using Arkham Horror right. classification terms, I know, just I know. on accident. So it works here though. Yeah, it's so, better than the clue parallel, which I was trying to force right. in, but. <laughs> But that it's also more apt, definitely. Right. But when when our our lady with the ring steps under the thing, she, blood drips on her hands, and we cut back to the ceiling, and there's no moisture. Mm-hmm. And pr- so uh, that's that, how some you, ecto shit happening. That is, there. I think that's legit. And then I think even mo- more legit than that is later when that character is in her room, the blood, the same pool of blood, shows Follows up in her, her room right. and drips on her hand again. How do you do that? How, you can't. You don't do that. You can't that's make blood po- soak yeah. through the ceiling and then v- evaporate it all out of the ceiling so there's no stain. I think that's haunting. I think I'm with you on that. Where the house is haunted, it also just happens to be a bunch of people trying to fake Con a each other. Right. Yeah. There's there's weird. This movie's got some layers to I it. Dig it. I love this this flick. Um. So Vincent Price sees the chandelier almost kill Norman, <laughs> and he's like walks into his welcome. Bedroom. He, well, no, he doesn't even talk to him. He goes and sees his wife. Oh, yes. He walks in to go see Mrs. Lauren, and she's not dressed yet. He goes, have you got your face on yet? The guests have arrived, and she comes out in like a nightie, and he's like, hmm, that you don't seem like you're dressed for the party, yet, nope. my dear. She he looks goes, fine doing it, though. Yeah, uh, she's a stone-cold fox. Fucking unbelievable, dude. She, Bur- uh, Mrs. Lauren is like one of Bird's movie crushes, for sure. I asked... Danielle watched this mm. with me and I said, Danielle, is it was there something going on in like the fifties and sixties? I feel like women's necks were like longer in some way. Kind of swan like. Kind of swan like. Yeah. And she's like, Yeah. The decolletage was one of the only things that you could show. Mm. You couldn't like have the short skirts, so there were neck exercises that women would do and stretch to keep all that super toned and lean. Tall, because yeah. when you would, that would be a part of you that you could sort of show off your neck. I actually and it like would make it like and it's sexy as shit. Have you ever seen? Have you ever take a look sometime at old old dresses and new dresses, old movies and new movies, neck and watch the neckline yeah. change, dude? Back in the day. They're the neckline there nowadays that they the they show more shoulder right and the neckline is a little shallower like that boat neck or scoop neck mm-hmm. thing a lot of older dresses the 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 
collar or if you want to call it is a lot closer to the neck and the the plunge is a lot deeper because it to make that whole thing that look neck longer. Look longer yeah that's i think that's why people are going back to fashion is everyone's like let's change it let's change it and i'm like nah you kind of nailed it bro you, you had it you had, you had it. it perfect yeah it's like let's make the hemline shorter i'm like let's make them longer and make the necks longer absolutely too. there's something about the. it's very there's a mystique that i absolutely. think is lost when you start removing fabric mm-hmm. the less you show but the more you suggest oh, Dude, that's, totally that's where there your brain you. gets tickled. Yep. So Vincent Price walks over. His wife sits down and is like, I'm not going to your party, Mr. Price. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it's your party. I'm just throwing it. He goes over, grabs a bottle of champagne, and shakes the shit out of it. Yeah. So, Jesus, that's a loaded bottle of bubbly. Um, <laughs> but a- then it's a pretty soft little angel's toot when he opens it. Doesn't even. He goes... It doesn't even. <laughs> that's exactly how that bottle of champagne. He's shaking a bottle of champagne. You and I have both worked in restaurants. Oh yes. Even if you don't shake them, you, that cork is gonna. It's a loaded gun, you're man. It's ready to go. Barely keeping that cork from killing yep. a human. When the cage is fully on it, it's. If you ready shake to it go. at all, okay. If you just if you just take the cage off and let the bottle sit, it'll, it'll blow eventually the, blow it'll the cork. Sh- blow the cork so hard that it can dent the ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's without shaking. Without it. shaking it. That's just take the cage off and let the bottle do its thing. Yep. And Vincent Price is like, shaka, 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 shaka. She her her note is, I hate it when you do that. It ruins the champagne. I'm like, she is not wrong. And then Vincent Price aims it at her. Yes. I'm like, Woo. You know, honestly, it should have just taken the cage off and killed her. Exactly. Like this could, this should have killed her. Billionaire, millionaire Nick playboy it. kills wife with champagne cork. Fuck you, dude. That line is amazing. Yes, it this is. This movie is so great. Opens <laughs> it. Yeah. When, when he finally does pop it, it's like, like what the fuck? That was a broken bottle of champagne, I think. I think you got a bad one. You may have gotten a dud there, buddy. Get your money. Go back to the cellar. No, go ahead and still drink it. Don't. Don't. Don't drink that flat. Don't drink that. That was nasty. That's all vinegary. Oh, man. That went through a a 30-airy fermentation over there. It must have been, like, leaking for, like, a decade for there to be completely flat. Maybe it's not champagne. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just, just like grape juice. It's a Pinot Grigio in a champagne bottle. No, this isn't even a Diasti. This is like a... (laughs) Hmm. Uh, did, who, I should read that better. Oh no, I took wine from the servants' quarters again. <laughs> it's a Moscato. Uh, it's a pink Moscato. Here, you drink this. This dear. won't shoot anybody. <laughs> I can't kill you with Moscato. It's not I can't dig- kill you with Moscato. It's not dignified. So <laughs> it's I two white trash. I dig their whole pot to do though. The the, the oh my way God. they talk past These each other. These two are fucking delightful. Is my note. They're they're t- they're little back and forth. They're yeah. sniping at each other. My 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 big note for them. I feel like they are Gomez and Morticia Adams minus the love and like, minus the love. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's if Gomez and Morticia Adams hated each other. Exactly. It's so awesome, dude. She you know. Sh- like they, oh, that's here it is. They openly they're Gomez talk and about, Tish without the love, passion, and not being shitty people part. They openly talk about their attempts to kill each other. Yes, both of them. There's a moment when Vincent Price is leaving the room to go talk to the guests for the first time, and he goes, uh, "It's right after the poisoning bit." He goes, "You'd try it again if you thought you could get away with <laughs> yeah. it." And then as he's walking to the door, he goes, uh, "If you do get any ideas about trying it again, I'd advise you to remember that hanging." Is a very unpleasant way to die, and then he walks out of the room. And you're like, "What does that even mean?" But the line is so th- like a throwaway line that when 
she eventually does get hung. Yeah. I forget that he even mentioned it. I only remembered it because I was watching right. it for the show, so I'm keeping all the threads exactly. extra like, in extra my in head. Extra in your brain. Yeah. But you know, even when you forget... You kind of know kinda that know he said know it. He said that. And that kind of makes him suspicious. Absolutely. The, the way that they bump suspicion onto different people is amazing. Yeah. Because it's done subtly. Mm-hmm. And... It, yeah, it's just gleeful too. It's not and like the, well, another great thing about this uh, movie. I'm full of glee. They aren't. No, they're all horrified. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but so, did you the first? I remember. Obviously, once you know the end, when you watch it again, mm. you kind of can't recapture the mystery. But I remember. I re, I remember. <laughs> you remember? I remember. I re. <laughs> I remember, Daddy. Sorry, Gabe. Damn I it. I remember. <laughs> Every once in a while, I have I to know, poke him. I can't I help it. And he's so he's so good-natured about it. Yes, he is. He's so, a wonderful boy. He is. He's a great, great boy. And very soon, he will be a great 17-year-old boy. Gabe's birthday party coming is coming up. up. Happy early birthday, Gabe. Jeez, man. This will be out way after each. Yeah. <laughs> so, he'll happy be, birthday, he'll Gabe. He'll be 24 by the time. <laughs> by the time we're done recording this. Um, the first time I watched this as a kid, and maybe it's because I was a kid, I, you have no I had no inkling that Mrs. Lauren was not actually dead zero there Dr. Trent doesn't tip his hand until like the last six minutes of the movie mm-hmm. there are, Nora's in the basement with the gun by the time we find out that Trent is a bad guy that's right the movie's almost over so like this movie does a that's right he wakes her up and says oh she's in the I sent her down to the basement with a gun Vincent Price is on his way too. Right. Let's have us a little she's electric boogaloo. She's nearly mad with fear. Right. Like, and then she'll shoot the first thing that she sees. That she sees. Oh, where's my husband? Oh, he's heading down there he's too. On his way to the basement. Right. I, it's taking too long. You should be. But we don't know that. Like, nope. it's crazy, dude. Mrs. Lauren gets hung. We start seeing Mrs. Lauren's ghost. We now manipulating the rope in that way. That is a thing where I think that that's a legit haunting. I think that Mrs. How would they fucking? I think she is just impressed, thinking that David Trent is doing it. Doing something. Not right. She's hanging out there on her. I'll I'll bite on that. I Absolutely. Think that, I think the I think the rope is legit. I think it's. But part of she the is like, haunting. oh my gosh, he really hooked this thing up. It's like, damn, he I'm thought impressed. Of everything. Right. But yeah, the the even in modern movies, sometimes like when a character dies, you like turn to your friend and you're like. They're not really They're dead. They're not really dead. Exactly. Dead. This movie's 59, and it's shot on a shoestring, and it works. You're like, oh her my dead, God. When we see the reverse of her dead body hanging, and her eyes are open, her, staring at Yeah, when she's hanging in Nora, the hallway. It's terrifying it's as fuck. Ter- That's one of the two, like, legitimately, like, terrifying. The hanging, yeah. The hanging. The hanging and the blind... Well, let's keep moving, because yep. we're almost to her. Uh, crazy... <laughs> I, I don't know what this even... Oh, I love when everyone's hanging out in the in the front foyer and the crazy guy just walks over to like a humidor and pops it open and pulls out a 13 inch butcher knife or a 13 inch chef's knife. And you're like, that's the only thing in the humidor, too, is just a blade. It's just a box. This is where I keep my knives. And not just any knife. knife. This is the knife that murdered four people. And he leaves it in a box on the table that belongs in a museum. (laughs) belongs in a furnace dude. yeah no, seriously. it's like holy shit get that out of the house no wonder it's fucking haunted throw it in the acid pit for fuck's sake that's a What's murder weapon you? you're holding a murder weapon in your hand and now your dna slash fingerprints are all oh, over 59 it. well now you're and prints. they know who did it too well that's true it's like hey but that would definitely be in police jimmy like, jim jam in an evidence drawer somewhere Maybe it's supposed to be but all of a sudden it's back in the house i love this dude like because it's legit because it's legit haunted that weapon would find now, its way here's back. my note about <gasps> pritchard let's hit this note on pritchard because this might be the first 
this might be the first instance of this thing. Pritchard spent, we find out early on, Pritchard is the owner of the house, mm-hmm. the drunk guy. He owns the property. He spent one night there many years ago. And when they found him, he was almost dead. And he's pretty much mad now. He's pretty much lost his The house his mind. legitimately fucked him up. And he came back for this thing. So he mm-hmm. hasn't been to this house in years. The caretakers take care of the house. But they didn't move the knife. So part of me is wondering if the knife manifesting in that box is part of a very powerful haunting. So my note on Pritchard is, I love that Pritchard seems to have secret knowledge and secret understanding of the mechanics of how this haunting works that he gained from a trial that destroyed him and removed him from civilization. Mm -hmm. He's basically like a shaman. He went into the house and he he had had his... He went on this vision or whatever his quest. Yeah, he he went through this crazy shamanic ordeal that nearly killed him, and at the end of it, as his reward, he understands the intricate mecha, me, like machinations of this house because he comes in and immediately is like, "No, they've marked you," but that's never explained. No, but he knows. He knows that that blood means that they've marked his intimate information and knowledge of. Right. How all of this works because he's been inside it. I think if they'd stayed a little longer, it would have panned out. But the whole murder thing happens at the end and they all, you know, like the sidetrack the ghosts. Mm-hmm. But like if that woman, you know, if the murder, if the Vincent Price murder thing hadn't happened, do you what think the house gets jealous if someone takes their steals his thunder, steals their kill? It's like, hey, man, hey, man, I'm going to do that. Haunty haunta. But like Pritchard knows where the knife is. He knows mm-hmm. all the details. He knows how the ghosts work. Which is like he knows when they're moving. She's gone. Yeah, they're restless already. They're, yeah, we should all leave. It, but but all of that, he sees and understands things that other people don't. And everyone is everyone in the movie just calls him a crackpot. Right. But as the viewer, having watched this movie probably a uh, no, hundred times, no exaggeration, I think he legitimately knows stuff. No, I, I like completely agree. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Okay, okay. So he just. He just like busts the knife out of the box. Everyone's just arrived and he goes, it's like three people were killed with this knife. And he goes, it took, took days to find all the pieces. We found pieces of them all over in places you wouldn't expect that. Remember when bird was, we were talking about Halloween on one of the Patreon Mm -hmm. episodes. And there's that bit in Halloween where the guy's talking about it and he took a hacksaw and is this the grave? And we never find out what happened with the hacksaw. And Bird's like, I want to know what happened to the, with the hacksaw. This is the hacksaw. We right. found p- pieces of them all over in places you wouldn't expect. Where? But we never... Doesn't matter. Because what... brain is going fucking crazy. Think of places that you wouldn't expect to find body parts in your head. Top tank of the toilet. Dude, like, that... Oh my God, I jumped... Top yeah. tank of the toilet was my first thought too. But like, the fact that you as a viewer have to sit there and imagine all the crazy places that they mm-hmm. might have found body parts. That's what works. I know. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite little moments. This is a really well-made movie um i like that everyone orders their not everyone um the mist specifically the mystic gambler chick she would anyone care for a drink and she goes scotch and come on you like that is so fucking 1959 class it's so classy you could never do it anymore you need to be like i need i need scotch and scotch and soda you got to add the ice for it because but back in the day i also like just a scotch and it's an understood scotch and and that's scotch and soda on yep. the rocks. I love that back in the day, there was this thing. I was actually talking to this, uh, talking to Bird about this the other day because we went and visited her parents. And I know her mom's drink. Her mom likes a margarita, and I even know how to make them for her. 
I think it's good to know people. If you know, know your their friend, drink, if you know your friend's drink, they pop over. You can say like, "Oh, it's uh, it's bourbon on the rocks, isn't it?" Or it's oh, your old old flat old fashioned two cherries. It's cool to know. It's classy to know someone's drink and be able to fix it for them. And there's something that you see in old movies like this, where Vincent Price comes downstairs and. You know, like, uh, you know, now nowadays it's everyone's like, be, be, bring your own booze. No one's got a bar cart anymore. Right. I mean, I have a bar cart, but I'm me. So like, I have a bar table. The end. Yeah, table. yeah. You yeah. have a you have a pretty awesome little bar cart. It's well, you have a you have a bar. You have like right. a your, a little setup. Yeah, yeah, you can make cocktails if you mm-hmm. need to. You're you're ready to go. Yes. I like that when Vincent, there's a thing, now it's, you know, women show up, they'll make their own drink, guys show up, they make their own drink, but there is something weirdly classy. I know that, I know this is, we're not in 1959 anymore, but there's something classy about making you a cocktail, making your guest a cocktail, making your guest a cocktail. Yeah, for sure. But there's, I think for me, there was some weird romance in Vincent Price being like, uh, pardon me, miss, may I fix you a drink, Mm -hmm. which nowadays might be creepy, might be Offensive might be I don't know oh, who what. knows right. yeah but like Vincent Price walking over to the table and fixing this this woman a drink as she sits there like nursing a cigarette come on dude yeah. there's there's totally a a, a, a smoky noir it's vibe to it and classy yeah. yeah so I don't know I I'd like to see that as I'm sure John Shabby agrees with me too because he's a he's a bartender that's his gig a mixologist actually I think is his technical title but there's totally something classy about like your guests show up. And you're like, can I, if you don't know, can I fix you something? What's your drink? And if you know the drink, ah, oh, well, Carl, welcome. Uh, Bird, will you make uh, Carl's here? Can you do, uh, yours is actually a, a vodka martini up with olives. Yep. So, there like, knowing people's drinks is pretty awesome. So, I, anyway, I, I'm, I know I glom onto weird no, details I dig it though, man. but it's, it's such a cool bit it. in this movie. Do you remember when we watched uh, The Young Racers? Mm-hmm. And it was like... Retro porn Where yes. we're like Everyone's wearing Awesome shirts And I wish they still Made swimsuits like yes, that and exactly <laughs> This movie to me Is the a lot like sweaters man <laughs> Sweaters for oh days Oh my god Watching this I love Vincent Price's suit He's got yeah. a three button suit on It's kind of that HP Lovecraft Like that It's almost funereal Because yes. it's buttoned so high It's very Kind of a dour type of suit I was telling Bird I was like I, You couldn't you could. It'd be a fashion statement, but they don't really make suits. Yeah, I think you'd have to have that specifically tailored now. And two different people in this rock tie tacks. Lance is Lance is rocking a super low tie tack, which is kind of weird. But like just above the belly, it's like yeah. a navel tack. You saw it too, right? Yep. Yeah, because you're supposed to put it between the second and third second buttons. Second and third buttons. Yeah, yeah. That's where your tie bar. Because I'm tie a gentleman and I'll fucking do my tie, goddammit. <laughs> But Vincent Price is rocking a tie tack too. Yes, and it's like in the perfect, perfect spot. spot. I love tie tacks, man. And then they destroy your tie. Shut up. Buy another. Buy tie. another tie. They look so fucking look classy. sharp while you're wearing that tie the one time. Well, you get you'll get like five to you get five to ten good uses. Good uses, and then yeah. your tie gets a little chewed up, and then replace your tie. Donate that one to Goodwill and get another one. But rock a tie tack because exactly. they look amazing. Okay, so pool of blood in the ceiling. We already talked about that. I love that when he. <laughs> They're doing the tour. Pritchard, Pritchard's like, yeah, that's a that's a pool of blood that's soaking through the roof from the attic where uh, there's like probably still a body up there. I don't know. <laughs> you know and everyone checked. Dr. Trent goes, well, you're the life of the party, Pritchard. And Vincent Price goes, he hasn't even started yet. <laughs> right. Vincent Price knows what's coming. It's like when before I rented the place, he took me through like, everything. I've done this walkthrough one yeah. time. Well, you guys no, haven't even started that's yet. That's not true because they the, all of the details of the house rental were done through the mail. Oh, that's right. So Vincent Price just knows he this house's have, history. That's right. 
I'm like, I don't know, birds, probably birds flying by the windows. That There's was, weird shadows happening that in my house. That was crazy as shit. <laughs> so, Pritchard. Are we getting orbs in here? What the fuck? No, it was just, it, this happens some, it, sometimes it's trucks. Big ah. big trucks will come and block the light for a second. And then the house flashes and you're like, am I having a stroke? It's kind of weird. It's, yeah, it's really nice when you're talking about a scary movie. Uh-huh. Dude, I already want, uh, I'm, I'm ready to say, what's the month after July? October? Yeah, it? I think so. <laughs> I just want it to be fucking October so bad. So Pritchard takes him into the basement and he's like, he had a he, he had a thing for making wines. So, but his wife didn't like wine. So he filled this huge vat in the floor full of acid. He cranks What a, the fuck is this it's thing? It's like a dude. Frankenstein. He's got he's cranking a wheel and the floor comes up in a huge section. There's a giant like hot tub in the floor. And it's filled with acid. And it's floor level. There's no lip on the thing. There's no, There's no caution tape. Nothing. <laughs> it's not sealed shut by concrete because it's filled with it. They didn't even drain it. No. It's still full of acid. It's, well, my note was, why didn't they drain the acid or clean the acid out? I was like, well, it's probably hard to find good acid removal services in, in the 1950s. 1950s. Yeah, good point. Good point. So how did you get the acid in? I guess it's easier. You just dump acid in. You dump in, acid in. But getting it out, getting it that's out, a whole other bucket it? of doodles. What you do is you you seal the fucking Floor. thing. Or you leave it you open. You leave it open which, all the time. Which they did here. Yeah, sure did. He cranks open the floor. For a place that doesn't have electricity and it's all fucking lit by gaslight, like yeah. I don't think leaving a giant vat of acid open in the floor is a really good idea. Well, they had the hatch closed, to their credit, to start well, with. But once they open the giant vat of acid in the floor, I love this detail. It's the dumbest thing ever, but I love it. Because Nora... <laughs> Nora gets Why little... was he dumping his wine in there? Is that why the acid was there? Why do they put acid in there? Why is there an acid, acid in there room? To kill his wife. Oh. That was it, that was, this was the part ploy. of the winemaking thing. I don't know if he did like maceration in there and pumped it to barrels or what. I Bird works at a winery. Right. They don't have a hatch in the floor. No, they sure don't. But this guy, he used it in his winemaking, but I think he like took all of the wine out and, and put, put acid, acid in, in and then shoved his wife okay. in. It and then dude, Pritchard's description of it is like it ate everything. Everything but the bones. The bones floated to the surface. It eats hair and skin and nails but no bones and you're like holy, holy shit, shit dude. dude nora gets a little like oh i'm real dizzy because i'm a don't woman. pass out in the acid also why is she so she gets, whoopy just gets a little it? vertigo yeah. so you go i almost fell in and i love that lance is like well, well someone I, it might be lance is like well certainly there's not acid in there anymore pritchard goes and gets a big ass rat caught in a trap opens it and sh- they all watch the rat dissolve. Yep. Like, nope, that's still acid. He's like, yep, still acid. Anyway, let's go have a drink. What do you <laughs> think? Everyone's like, uh, and, <laughs> and then I think he goes, there's a moment where everyone's standing in horror <laughs> looking at this rat being dissolved and Pritchard goes, huh, sure is dusty down here and starts closing the acid vat. Like nothing has that's happened. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so on the way out, Lance stops Nora from leaving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, how'd you get invited to this party? And she's like, I do really want to go. And he like leans on the door. And it in 59, it doesn't play weird at all. But this is now the, it does. It's the only moment in the movie where you're like, if she wants to leave the basement, Lance, you step Let out of the way. Exactly. 
this is not okay to trap a woman in a basement. Just ask. doesn't even read weird though. Here, it's such a it's a goofy thing. Uh, yeah, watching it for the sh- this is the first time I've ever even noticed it. Yep, because I'm watching it for the show. Yep, absolutely. Every other time you watch it and you're just like, okay, it's two people talking in the basement. It's like, no, I need to really figure this out. You've seen this like a thousand million mm-hmm. times in, in like you know any horror movie. It's like, hey, come come with me. No, I, I, we got to get back to the group. Come on, they grab them by the elbow, right, and lead right, them right. away, which is kind of an aggressive move. But I had no issue with it whatsoever. No, zero. So. This is where they get their first exploration. Lance is like... They're looking for clues. Yeah. There's a shroud value of four on the cellar. There is a shroud value of four, and there's a pit of acid you gotta watch yep, out for, absolutely. too. absolutely. Better hope the chaos bag doesn't fuck you. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's mean to both of them. He he runs himself into a wall or gets knocked out. He gets knocked out. Right. He gets knocked he out. He says, whatever was in this room with me Hit wasn't me. a ghost. Yeah. But so that's later. They're, they're going exploring. They're he, checking out rooms. What happens first is he he's like... He's like, oh, this is a bunch of wine bottles. Yep. Oh, it looks like all the champagne's flat. That's weird. Closes it. And there's another room. He's like, there's a closet. Uh, oh, this one's dark and I can't see into it. Oh, that's weird. He steps in. The door slams and locks. And then all the gas lights in the one room. One at a time. One at a time. The, the, the tension. Mm-hmm. If they'd all gone out at once, you would have gotten like a, huh. But they, the fact that they go out. It's like a ghost moving. Yeah. And we do, we do a rotating shot. And when we get back to Nora, she looks and there's an open space and this hag, this freakish, look, it's an actress, this is unkind, but this like freakish hag floats out of the darkness and her hair is this white halo from hell. It's really kind of spooky. It's very spooky. And then she- A slidey old lady spooky, I would pee. She never walks either. No, she, she floats. slides. The, the, Glides, oh, dude, yeah. the, gl- the the gliding effect holds up 100%. I think so. It looks so good. Danielle got a chuckle out of it, but I'm like, no, man, that's like... It totally works, especially later when we get the jump scare, the one jump scare in the whole movie, mm-hmm. pretty much. That jump scare, the float afterwards... I that this like kept me up at night when I was a kid. Yeah, that me too. Moment. Nuts. So, but then the woman goes back into the shadows. Nor we get Nora's like crazy, like ear ripping shriek that gives you a migraine, and then she's she, breaking glass in other movies. It's, it's so a true. yeah, yeah. Like anytime you see a mirror crack in a movie, it's because Nora, Nora screamed in 1959. Yeah, exactly. So she runs upstairs and she's like. Help me! Help me in the basement! It's Lance, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And they all run downstairs. She's like, "You'll have to break it down. The door's on. Oh, the door's open. the door's not locked. It came right and open. All the lights are on. Do you notice for a millionaire? Do you notice how many times Vincent Price is the first one into a room? It's almost exclusively. Yeah, he grabs a candle and he's the first one in. He's like, boom. Well, he ha- he mm, he would want to be though, wouldn't he? To to make sure that everything is going as planned or to lead everything. Well, he has like a defensive plan. Doctor right. Trent and Mrs. Lauren have a aggressive murder him plan right but I'm just thinking like for someone whose life is in danger Mm -hmm. he very frequently is the first First one to pop in it's interesting he also shows in a weird look at the end of this movie Vincent Price is the only he ends up being a murderer oh yeah he murders two people and in a weird way I would call him the hero of the movie which is really fucking weird because all he was he was defending himself against two people that wanted to kill him. Yeah, I would, and we're gonna go to any lengths to do so. I would say he definitely murdered his wife. Oh, he did for sure. But like the one, I think his you, one, you, you I think his murder claim, of Doctor Trent is hundred percent justified. You can't claim. You can't go the long way around though. You can't claim self-defense by killing someone 
before before they, they have you. a chance to kill. Well, before they've even Doctor Trent is is justified because Trent is trying to throw him into a bad exactly. Acid. So that kill, that murder is, I would say, defensible in court. Sure, like the but, wife, not so much. No, she comes downstairs and he just scares her into the acid. He's <laughs> like, all right, well, wrap that up. <laughs> And he fesses up to it immediately yes, When everyone comes downstairs He's like I will, Well he says my wife tripped and fell mm-hmm. So he's like a weird He's an interesting character yes. uh, So I love that uh, He gets up When when uh, the when Lance gets up They're like what happened And he goes ah, I must have bumped my head Already he's lying Because he knows there's he something knows else something going on Yep He's like, but and he's intrigued. Yes, he's he's our uh, Roland Banks. He is our lead investigator. He's he, the, can, he is the Fed. Yeah, he's, a, he's the Fed pretty much. He's a test pilot, but, but whatever. He's that, he's the yeah he's the that archetype. Yes, he's the uh, guardian class. So anyway, <laughs> when he gets up, his head's like bleeding. He gets up. Trent looks at him, which is interesting because Trent is the one who slugged him. I'm pretty sure. Uh, or is it the ghost? For. Everyone went upstairs Who's in the fucking room The house did it The house This might be legit A legit haunting mm-hmm. Because Everyone's upstairs It's not the caretaker woman Because isn't Vincent it's, Price Telling them he, they, He's giving them The rundown upstairs yeah, yeah. While Everyone but Lance and Nora It's a ghost He straight up gets hit By a ghost Because the caretakers Aren't really so in Pritchard on this shit So Pritchard is right He didn't He didn't fall They hit him Yeah Pritchard is absolutely right I wonder why They didn't take him what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Pritchard, you're drunk. He's like, I am definitely drunk. Right. I'm pretty wrecked right now, but. Because Vincent Price would assume that it was something to do with, but no, everyone else was in there. Everyone the- is upstairs, but these two. So that's mm. only a ghost. The only, well, I mean, it could have been the male caretaker, but he seems to be trying to get people out of the house. I think every, yeah, those, the two caretakers are like, this is the dumb idea. This is fucked up. We're leaving well, now. They, also, they, they leave they, early. They too. straight up warn Nora. They're like, he goes, R-, he goes, leave. Leave before he kills you. That's a that's another moment that kind of freaks me out because mm-hmm. his hair's all like flopped over it's and sweaty. just after she finds a head in a basket too. Like, Shit, yeah, dude. Like Nora's Nora's having a bad night in the box. Really. So everyone's. Tr- I think it's a ghost. I think he's straight up yeah. gets hit by a ghost. But he gets up and he's like, "Yeah, I bumped my head." And he's like, but, but you can see the wheels start turning. Yep. He's like, "What the fuck is going on here, man?" I love that. I love it. Um, the cellar jump scare. Oh, okay. So they go back downstairs. Later uh, I think we Do we get the guns yet Not yet Almost We're close So they They go back downstairs To I think this is when he does it Yeah, yeah. Cause, my, Cause my note is These aren't red vines These are the big old Honking candles right. And they're just raw dogging them Like he's, crazy Oh I, I remember He's sitting in the chair The doctor looks at him He's like You've had a terrible head injury Would you care for a, a sedative, sedative Yes <laughs> And Lance is like uh, I got my sedative right here I got clank, clank, good glug, glug, glug. <laughs> Exactly but he tells Nora, he's like, meet me in the hallway. They go back in the basement. He's like, Some, somebody slugged me. Somebody hit me, yeah. So here, uh, this this wall sounds hollow. Here's what I'm going to do. He, he paces it out, and he figures out there's a space in between the two rooms and that shouldn't be there. And while he's dink dink dinking. He's knocking. He goes, he goes when, I, when you hear me knock, you knock. Knock a little lower. Nora crouches down. When she stands up and turns, boom! There she oh is. Oh, my it's God, dude. terrifying. It's this, it's like... Her claws are out Her eyes are Mouth is wide open Her eyes are all like Cataracted over Her mouth is like Doing this like She's got rat teeth She's so fucking scary It's the female caretaker But we think it's a ghost At this point 
And it, yeah. dude, that jump scene holds up. It still spooked me this yep, time when I watched me too. it. It's nuts. And then Nora is just like screaming. Glass is shattering in Die Hard 4. Oh, it's not. <laughs> John McClane is running through the glass that Nora <laughs> shattered in Die yeah. Hard 1. Exactly. <laughs> People's glass eyes in the last, <laughs> in, uh, last action hero are shattering. But so he, she just floats out of the room. Just whoop. I have a theory that maybe the caretakers are ghosts. I thought that too, because they leave how early. Does she float. No fucking idea. Is that how she is? She on a hover round? Is she on a like? Th- what are know. those things that the kids do these days? Uh, now, oh, where they the just lean. Sco- oh, and it the girls. Oh, they call them hoverboards. She's on a. Hu- she's on a. Hu- no, 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 no. I will not use that term. I've seen Back to the Future too. <laughs> That's not a. Hoverboard. That's not a hoverboard. It's a wheelie skate. I'll sh- it's a wheelie rolly. D- it's a wheelie rolly skate. It's your lazy. It's you need yeah. to walk more. If there were hoverboards, I wouldn't walk anywhere. I would float around on my hoverboard. I'm not going to stand on a wheeled thing. And I'm like, oh, look, when I lean, I can get, I don't have to do anything with my legs. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> but this old- Why can't I sleep? I need a kick all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like if they'd put a chest rest on it, you could get to work. You could roll to work Oh, sleeping. my God. Everything's Wally. Anyway. <laughs> so... She goes over and Lance is like, uh, what, what happened? I saw a ghost and I screamed at it and then it floated away. And Lance is like, I didn't see it. Why didn't I see it? And she's like, I don't know. And he's do you not believe me? He goes, no. No, not at all. I don't believe you even, even close to believe you because, you know, not like. even a little bit. Nope. Nora finds Mrs. Lauren. She, she runs out of the basement all in a tiff. She's not even scared anymore. She's just pissed that yeah, Lance is giving her making mad. mad. She's like, I saw a ghost, and if you don't believe me, then you're a bastard. Then fuck you. And she just storms out I'm of the I'm going to go have another scotch hand. Well, no, she doesn't drink at all, I don't No, think. that's right. No, she teetotals the whole time. She does, yeah. Uh, a bunch of people just get hammered, like, She gets right sweaty game. anytime anyone mentions that. Did you notice when Vincent Price makes the first round of drinks, everyone drinks them? Just, just drinks Crushing them down, them. and then they go down in the basement. They're like, glug, 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 glug. All right, off we go. And you're like, I'm like, guys, just drink that a little. Did you taste it? Did you? This is Vincent Price. He's a millionaire. He's making Do you know how delicious good that scotch scotches. Was? Yeah, this isn't Dewar's White Label. Carry it around with you. Walk around Enjoy the house it. with the drink. Yeah, like don't just blast this down. Snuck. Unless it is White Label. Well, then just blast <laughs> then it. Then just blast it. <laughs> just get through it. And you're like, oh, my mouth. Funny oh, side my mouth note. is watering. I was at my friend's house the other night having a chat. And she pulls down a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label. I'm like, are you fucking sure? I didn't say anything. I was like, don't say anything. Just let her pour it. It's Mm -hmm, fine. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I had a sip of it, and I was like... Yeah, you've been to my house. Well, it doesn't doesn't take... Well, Johnny Walker Blue is pretty legitimate. But she she keeps pouring it, and I'm like, that's expensive scotch. Whether or not it's you think it's shit, Mm -hmm. Blue Label is like $180 a bottle. So I'm like... She just keeps pouring like shots of Blue Label and she's just like downing them. And so we finished the bottle and I noticed that there's an etching. Her husband's name is on the the bottle. Like, oh, he's with us at the table as we're pouring it. Oh, I was like, so this isn't did he like, die? Is this like no, the no, no. memorial like, bottle? He's just sitting there and like, it's some gift from like a wedding and things like that. I'm like, Jesus, man. Thank you for letting us crush your, like Johnny Walker Blue just doing shots of it. And she's mm-hmm. like, he's like, Carl. There hasn't been Johnny Walker Blue in that bottle for, I don't know, maybe 10 years. <laughs> That's doers in there. But I keep the bottle because it's nice. I'm like, I thought something was a little skew. 
This doesn't taste he's like, like a, blue. This is the, and he's we're just like knocking shots back and shit. Wow. Scotch, yeah. The uh, the bar I used to work at, we carried all, every Johnny Walker except green. Mm-hmm. So we had like we had uh, red, black, blue, or red, black, gold, blue, blue yeah. and then we had like some limited edition one, but we didn't carry green. People uh, people used to come in all the time, and if you look, if you ever look at like the ordering form, like if you're ordering for a restaurant and you look, it's like Johnny Walker red is like. Twelve dollars. Well, it's like yeah. I think wholesale price is like fourteen bucks mm-hmm. a bottle or something, and black is only a little bit more. Then you hit gold, and gold is like sixty or something like yeah. that. Then you hit fucking blue, and it's like a hundred and fifty dollars. It does not fuck about. Yeah. No, and then like, uh, and then green, which honestly not available or expensive as, as shit. It's like two hundred. But yeah. as far as Johnny Walker goes, green is the only one that I like. I have drunk a lot of Johnny Walker blue because I started. When drinking it when I was younger mm-hmm. and I worked there and I thought it was like the hoity-toity scotch But once you've like gone around and drunk yeah. scotch Johnny Walker blue is completely just the name It's mm-hmm. just it's just a bunch of Wall Street pricks got way into it or started ordering it's still just a Blended it. fucking whiskey man. not it's, that good get yeah. the dimple pinch the dimple pinch is way cheaper and it's fucking amazing or if you're gonna get a blended scotch, don't first of all don't get a blended scotch unless you're gonna make scotch and sodas or that's, scotch and. That's what I was thinking. He probably has like a blue label or Famous or Dewars or something. Yeah, I mean for him, yeah, he's probably got you know I don't know what they had back then, but in the fifties or if any of that stuff even existed, but you know like that <laughs> Johnny Walker Blue for whatever reason always bums me out because you see people going and they're like I'm gonna have a great glass of scotch here. I'll get a Johnny Walker Blue on the rocks with uh, soda. And I'm like, no. What a waste of fucking 30 bucks. $38 for an ounce. Yeah, yeah, 38. Um, If I'm going to spend that kind of money, I'm going to get a McAllen 18. Absolutely. Drink something good. Anyway. (laughs) Scotch Talk. Welcome back to Scotch Talk. It's been a while since we had Scotch Talk. It has been. But we both love Scotch. Fucking love that. And it's getting my way through that Lagavulin. Thank you again for the recommendation. You're so welcome. Uh, Bird and I are... Actually, I got Bird to drink uh, Lagavulin the other day. We did it as part of a... It's going faster than I want it to go. Your Lagavulin? Yeah. Well, that's what I've got my Laphroaig for. I start with like a Lagavulin and the Laphroaig is smoky too, but I've already had my Lagavulin, so my palate's got kind of primed. Yep, you're primed and ready. And then you go ahead and Laphroaig's not that yeah. expensive. It's good. It's fine. Yep. It's fine. But, you know, like I honestly think there's certain scotches that you shouldn't drink more than one glass of. And that's day. Lagavulin. Lagavulin's one of them. The better Macallans. Yep. You know, like uh, the Dalmar. And anything that, anything that ran you enough money to make you like kind of sweat a little. One, one glass a day yes. and then switch you got to have cheap scotch on hand absolutely <laughs> look at me calling lafroig and cheap scotch <laughs> it's still like 48 it's a, dollars yeah, it's a bottle. an amazing bottle of scotch but it's it's not a hundred and 112 dollars right. a bottle like fucking lagable in it so no i forgot where we are so nora finds a head in a bag sure <laughs> Let's does just jump to that <laughs> she goes up to her room oh uh mrs uh um mrs lauren sends her in there she's like here's your room stay here my husband's being weird right so what's in the box what i don't <laughs> so she opens it up and i said it's a head in a box <laughs> head in a box yeah i have a note just before that because <laughs> our famous couple is having an argument again just prior to this mm-hmm. <clears throat> are you ready for is this? that when he grabs her hair are we talking about yeah i think yep. so okay so this relationship is less taming of the shrew but more taming of the you actually startled me with that. Damn it. 
<laughs> Damn it. Now my nerves are all shot <laughs> for the rest of the day. It made my fingertips tingle, and I was the one that did uh, it. I'm feeling kind of Pritchardy <laughs> over here. I need a huge decanter. I love there's a moment when Rip Pritchard is getting hammered in the living room. He picks up the a bottle, and Vincent, of, yes. Vincent Price takes it away from him. He's like, Comp, slow down. I know this is <laughs> right, my. He, does. he takes. He the... takes it away and looks at him like, "Are you gonna just? Are you just gonna drink this whole? You need to not get fucked up. Down, it's like right. eight o'clock. <laughs> we haven't even started yet. Like, the doors aren't even locked yet, and you're like a half a fifth in. So the, he sets. He's holding the decanter and he starts making other drinks. And Pritchard just picks a different one and yes. walks away with it. I'm like. <laughs> I get, Fine, you keep that one. He's like, I didn't want your scotch anyway. I'm a brandy man. And he's just drinking brandy or whatever the hell. <laughs> it's like, what is this red want port? I'll just pour that into my exactly. whiskey glass and drink that. It's ah, uh, good, a tawny, perfect. <laughs> Richard's just going after it, man. Um, so the, she runs out of her room. Nora runs out of her room because she finds a head in her suitcase, smallest suitcase ever. It's exactly head sized, and that's when the male caretaker. Is like you need to leave. Grabs her around the mouth and like pulls her into the shadows. And he's like, uh, "I wrote down." He goes, "Come with us, come with us before he kills you." And then she breaks free and just gl- the empire. All the windows on the Empire State Building shatter. What did he expect her reaction to be other than shock and terror? I don't know. She does respond with shock and terror. Yes. So. She gets back downstairs and grabs Lance and she's like, I want to get out of here now. Right. And Lance is like, but you're not going to get the money. She's like, fucking don't care. Shit. Something very not good. There's a head in a box. There's creepy people grabbing me. I saw a ghost lady on, in the basement. Lady on roller skates. There's like, a roller skating lady and there's wax figures in boxes. Keep your shit. Keep your money. Don't give a shit. <laughs> keep, keep it. I, one of the cool things here about Vincent Price is when he like goes to reassure Nora and she turns around and sees the caretakers, and we realize, like, there they are. There's the people who've been yeah. spooking you. He's he's genuinely concerned about her. He has a couple of moments like that with yeah. his wife, where there's some. I don't know that reads with his wife. Some, no, with Nora. With Nora, yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's got Nora by the shoulders, yeah. and he's like, he's like, oh, it's the caretakers. She's quite, almost like a fatherly sort of thing. In a weird look, he ends up murdering. Two people Killing a person in self-defense And murdering his wife To get free of a marriage That he doesn't like But in a weird way He's also kind of a nice guy Well the very end <laughs> He's so like he, He's like I know I'll be arrested And I, I'm looking forward To see what a court of law yeah, Will How like, they will view me I'm willing to find out If the justice system Will find me Innocent or Guilty mm-hmm. And then he walks away Such an interesting character Yeah he, I like Vincent Price In this a lot So my wife thought uh, uh, Mrs. Lauren shows up in like the slinkiest black dress with the big old waist. Oh. Bird came over and she was just drooling. Yeah, it's. A, I think I have several types. This is one of them. Dude, she's a fox. She's a stone cold fox. You can totally see why Vincent Price was like, ah, oh, God, I hate her, but she. But. But maybe we get married anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe I can just put up with it for like the rest of my life, cause man, she's smoking in that dress. She's <sighs> Mrs. Lawrence turning heads when she comes downstairs. Mm-hmm. Vincent Price goes. My wife thought up these. Quaint little party favors And there's a bunch of little coffins And he starts popping What's funny We see them much earlier We don't know what's in them But we don't know what's in them And they're never mentioned They're just laying on a table in a row Right Like seven Seven coffins Yeah And he's like Doop 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 Starts opening them You can't see You can't see It's this awesome camera move Mm -hmm. Because you see the lids come up And the lid obscures your view Of what's in the coffin Until Until the the camera gets like Right up to I think it's the second to last But yeah Yeah. It gets like right up to the last one He pops it open And there's a 
fucking handgun in there. He pulls it out and he's like, in case any of you don't know how to use one of these, you press down on this lever here, point, and press the trigger. And he shoots a he, vase on a mantelpiece. Yeah, he also he says something like, "I feel, I believe all of you know how to ha- or have handled these before." Yeah, there's some sort of in line case about, you haven't or- but no, there the line is. I don't know if I wrote it down, but he makes mention that each of you knows how to handle a gun. Probably knows how to yeah. work a gun. But in case you forgot, it's you cock it, you pull the trigger, and you shoot the vase, which he gives us so that we know that the guns are live. they're loaded. At least that one round was that one. That's my theory too. Is there's one gun that has a there's one gun that has one, one real live bullet, round. and yeah. everything else is blanks because he can't risk the wrong gun getting into the wrong hand. No, he needs to know exactly whose is whose because when we find out at the we, what we find out at the end is Nora's gun. At least, at least Laura's is exclusively blanks. blanks. But Bird, uh, I think I pointed this out to Bird. When he shoots the mantelpiece, the ejection port is right in Mrs. Lauren's face. (laughs) Right. She caught brass in the eyes. Pink. (laughs) Like, it's like, and it's not, the gun is like six inches from her head. I think Danielle sounds something like he didn't shoot her in the face as much as shot her next to the face. Like... he, you can't do that. He was that guy, yeah. Anyone who's ever handled a gun is like, you don't ever want a gun to <laughs> no. go off that close to your head. No hearing it'll protection. Knock, it'll knock fillings out of your teeth, man. Just the percussive, the percussive blast. Yeah. But <laughs> she's got no hearing protection, and that it's a forty-five. Mm-hmm. These are all like paramilitary nineteen eleven style pistols. Sexy. They're so beautiful. Very slim. I went looking last night. At yeah, some, at nineteen. I did. I did a little. But masturbatory search. Well, on. when he shoots, me and Bird were immediate. I've seen it before. I laughed, and Bird goes, "Whoa!" Bird's seen it a bunch of times too, and I was like, "Yeah, that ejection port was like right by right her in, face, right in her eyeball." She, she's got hot brass in her hair, her hair smoking. Why she's got a, she's a bruise, burning hair, she's got a bruise, bruise from where her I her. from where the <laughs> brass bounced off her face. I'm like, that was so irresponsible, Vincent Price. I um, do have a note about when people are grabbing their guns. Everyone has pretty good like. Up front, the first bit, everyone seems to be handling it well. Everyone has good trigger Until discipline. Until Mrs. Lauren. Until Mrs. Lauren. <laughs> Every yeah, you're right. Like the the guns get passed out, and they're and they're all like handling of, them properly. A lot of people are watching their barrels. There's yep. there's fingers they're off. They're not the flagging trigger. anybody. Right. Until, yeah. Until Mrs. Lauren, Mrs. and then she Lauren. walks through the room and like flags every Everyone. single person. Safety off. Hammer back. Finger on the trigger. Three fingers in the trigger guard. She's got her <laughs> wrist through the trigger guard. When she's talking to Doctor Trent, which is interesting because they're in it together. Mm-hmm. Doctor Trent's like, "Well, I don't imagine if Laura, if if Nora had been down in the basement and she'd had a gun, she might have shot that poor woman." And Mrs. Lawrence got like the gun like pressed Pointed in, right like, in his belly. It's like in his guts. She's got it like pushed at him. And she's like, oh, well, honestly, doctor, you don't think we're going to go around shooting each other, do you? He's like, I don't know. You uh, but you actually do. You've look, got the business end. You pointed right in my bread basket. Yeah. So <laughs> do me a favor real quick. If you want to just because once those doors lock Muzzle down, please, that's enough time for me to bleed out from a right. stomach wound. So please, I beg of you, which brings up an interesting point that I forgot to bring up earlier. Yes. Even if there wasn't a murder plot. Even if there were no ghosts. Highly dangerous. Highly dangerous because everything is locked and sealed. If someone starts a fire, this is a gaslit house. Yeah, I thought of that a couple times. One, it's a fucking fire trap anyway. When the the lights go out, if 
if someone's turning the gas off to turn the lights out, that's when they, fine. When they, well, but when they no, come back when, on, when they turn them back on, you have to go light all the gas. Every fixtures. one of them. Yeah. Or or you have, if you didn't individually turn off the right, the ones that were the lit need to be relit, or now you're pumping gas into the house. And if you only realize some of them, you're pumping gas so and have flame. Even if this is just Max and Carl inviting people over for an ooky spooky twenty four hour <laughs> no, film watchery, no haunting at all. You don't lock people in. It's a bad move. You need crash bars on the doors. But that's where the $10,000 comes in. I get it. I mean, it's I like, get that because it could be. Even if there is no haunting, your life is your actually life is at in stake danger. Here. If you accidentally get even no guns, you have a heart attack. What if Nora panics and falls down the stairs? What if anyone panics anyone and falls anything. down the stairs? What if someone breaks their leg and You've there's like got bone poking through? Nine and a half hours Keep until, chilling. yeah. Got a rest. Uh, get, we'll get an ice pack on it, maybe. Yep. Elevate it. Yep. You're fucked. Oh, you're bleeding to death? Yeah. Sorry. Accidents happen. No phone in the house, too. I mm-hmm. like that, too. Yeah, it's that. It's so I either like the way, you, yeah, yeah, because you take away all the scary element, it's still fucking terrifying. Right. Because you're locked in a house where anything can happen. Just normal. Like you said, you could fall off a ladder. You can sprain your ankle. You can choke on a piece of steak, whatever. Mm. Like, <laughs> choke on a piece of steak. You can, there you are. Nora. Uh, and they, I mean, they actually run into this pretty quickly. Nora disappears. She does. Whoop. No one knows where fucking Nora is. Yeah. And it's so subtle that we don't notice it until somebody else mentions it. Lance does. He knocks yep. on her door and he's like, Nora. Where you at, girl? Opens the door. She's not there. He looks around her room and her closet door opens. And there's a head. The head is hanging by its hair. In the closet door. And what does our hero do? I fucking love this. Fucking grabs the head and walks down the hall with it. He put gra- carrying it by Doesn't the hair. Doesn't even fucking bat an eye. This is Lance Schroeder. He's got a head in one hand, a, a gun in the, in the other, and he walks into the living room. When he gets to the living he room, he took no horror on that one. Zero horror. He pulled the elder sign and a, kept walking. He pulled the elder <laughs> sign and just rolled on through, man. And he collected two clues two and drew clues, a card. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's a special yeah. ability. <laughs> oh my god dude yeah. you when, got Rollins 45 yeah he's carrying Rollins 45 he just drew a card it's emergency cash yep. oh my god yes <laughs> he's got resources for days now when he gets down into the into the uh, the living room area Pritchard is sitting hammered drunk in a chair in the dark holding a knife uh-huh he's just playing with the knife that was used to cut three people into pieces joint them like chickens Roland walks down, or not Roland. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's not. It's Lance. It's Lance. Lance. <laughs> Roland reveals the study. Exactly. <laughs> Ro- Roland. <laughs> Damn it. Lance. It's only a trial value of two. Shit. Lance. Two clues for investigators. <laughs> There's a lot of clues. There's, we still There's have five, we have six investigators at this point because Nora's missing. Oh, that's right. That's a fuck ton of clues. So Lance walks into the thing, sets, just drops the head on the bar cart. He just like walks by and he's like, Doo. found this, gets close to, to, uh, uh, Pritchard and Pritchard points the knife at him. Like, cause Lance is coming on pretty strong here. Well, he just walked in a room with a severed head in, in and hand. a gun. He's got a gun and a severed head. I like, by the way, that Pritchard's like, these are no good. When they hand out the guns, he goes, there's, there's, these are no good against the dead, only the living. And yet 
once he gets into his room with the door closed, we basically see him do like a brass check. Oh, dude, he totally he does. Pops the mag. He puts <laughs> he puts the blindfold on and does a quick disassemble, reassemble. <laughs> checks his watch. Two seconds shy. Damn it. Shouldn't have drunk all that. Should have drunk all that booze. <laughs> that brandy part. Still scotch. under a minute. Pretty good. <laughs> dude, no one knows their way around a gun better than Pritchard. Right. He the way he handles his weapon. He's done this many times. So, but I just wrote down. Lance grabs the head from Nora's closet, sets it on the cocktail table like a real man, or you know, like a psychopath. <laughs> Seriously, though, because what they're—I know they're playing on the like Lance isn't scared of anything, but I'm like Lance should be upset by a severed human head. If this isn't bothering him, then he's handled severed human heads before. <laughs> Unless, do you think it, uh, does he know it's a fake? I think he would probably it know. I, I don't know if it's a fake. We're n- it's never explained. It looks like a fake, but so do a lot of movie heads. Well, if it was a real, real head, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if I William haven't... Castle used a real severed human head for this <laughs> Jesus movie, Christ. it's been done. <laughs> I have an interesting note here. It probably doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. but Lance starts getting a little bit friendly with Wifey Poo, right? A t- well, a she titch, starts getting she friendly does. with him. But I find it interesting that his name is Lance. Um, because that is that the one. name of like Lancelot. Oh, okay. Who is the soldier mm-hmm. who beweds the, the the king's wife? Yeah. In, you know, yeah, Lancelot Arthurian. and Guinevere. Yeah. They have. But a, I don't think there's anything there. But it's an interesting little like. It's kind of interesting. He's the king and he's the queen, and then there's a little bit of fuckery like, going on. But maybe. I think it's just Lance is a nice strong name for a pilot. I think. I think I also think Lance is a, a common name for like the guardian class. Sure. Guy in a movie. It's like Jack or Lance. It's never like Terrence is never the guy who knows his way around a 45. He's got a couple wheel guns. Right, right. Dra- that's never, they never give him a, to Terrence. Tom, you know, even yeah. Tom is a little. Tom is back. some, yeah. Tom's got some gray area, but if you are a Jack a or Lance, John a Brock. Lance, Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Names, you, don't, you don't give the gun to Kit. That bums me out, though. Like I hate. You drive. I hate that goddamn that. Hollywood trope where it's like, "What's your name, Jack? Okay, well you're the heavy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, who are you? Your name's uh, Beauregard. <laughs> Beauregard. Okay. Bo. Well, mm. you're the coward. You're gonna probably oh, no. die at some point. You might throw a woman under the bus. Jeff. Is that with a G or a J? <laughs> Very different. Yeah. Very different. A J Jeff. J Jeff is like uh, the Jack Jeff. Je- no, what's his, what's the actor's name? Who's in the he's in the fly? Goldblum. In, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, if your name yeah. is you're the, you're the conspiracy theorist. You're yeah. You're a little bit off. You might if you're in a modern horror movie, you might be the stoner character mm-hmm. is named Jeff. Like you can. If you're G off, you're just a douchebag. You can pick on. The, <laughs> you can pick. Unless you're Jeff Johns, and then you're oh, a great comic right. book writer. Or Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush is. Have you ever seen his movie where he plays the Marquis de Sade? It's no. unbelievably good. It's I just love him in Shakespeare, writing the Shakespeare and loves Shakespeare. He is good. He. I like. I like Jeffrey Rush quite a bit. Like in everything is in. Even Barbosa is great. Dude, Barbosa. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I'm like even those pirates movies. He's a killer. I'm Barbosa. So the reason that we're not talking about House on Haunted Hill is this is the one little slow spot. Yep, I would agree completely. When this Nora, is where it- once Nora disappears, there's like a weird moment where kind of nothing happens because mm-hmm. everyone's one just wondering where Nora is. Luckily. They, uh, oh, this is before no- they find. Uh, J- uh, um, Lance knows Nora is alive. He's found her, and he's like, she strangled me, tried to kill me. And he's like, who? And he's like, Vincent Price. 
And he's like, you mean Mr. Lauren? And she's like, yeah, that's yes, what that I said. One, that one. And he's like, are you sure? And she goes, no, not at all. But it was definitely him. <sighs> you're like, come on. Come on. If you didn't see the guy do it, then you... Then it doesn't... It slows down until hanging in the hall, in the stairway. Hanging in the hallway yeah. is intense. Um, What's the... Because it's all about dishing out sedatives again. They're having a oh, house sh- meeting. They're like... Yeah, she already hung herself at this point. Did she? Oh my god, well, she did. Because my next note is everybody goes to lock themselves in their rooms, but they do that because they think there's been a murder. Right, and the only way... See, that's stupid. In this situation, you don't split everybody up and go to your room. We're all sitting in this fucking room in eye shot of each other Guns until morning. Out. And that's it. You got to piss, piss your pants. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> we're, not, we're not leaving this room. No. I'm not leaving sight of anybody. I, I love the, Not so all split up and go to your rooms. Yeah, that'll work. So they hear a... And Nora runs and sees Mrs. Lauren has been hung. Yes, it's, from the ceiling in a on a stairway. Yeah, it's like on like the top landing. Of landing of a stairway. This yeah, is the, right. the landing. Yeah, <laughs> so there's like stairs up, and then there's an upper level, and there's a landing, and she's hanging on the landing. It's where a zombie will be hanging out in the original Resident Evil game. Uh huh. Yeah. They they did and two green plants that you can collect <laughs> on the bottom. They establish really quickly that there's no way she did this herself. Because there's no way that she could have. No, how, how climbed did she up and then there's nowhere drop? For her there's to nowhere jump to go. From. Nothing that she could have stepped Nothing on. She no was, stool, right. no chair. She's right. just hanging in the hallway. Someone hoisted her up yes. there, and and she this was, was hung. Definitely a capital M murder. And uh, so she, they put her body in a spare room. They established that she was murdered, and then their big grand plan is let's all go lock ourselves in our rooms. Lance, Nobody move. Lance Nobody has an interesting move. point. He's like, I'm going to be in my room with my gun, and anyone who comes through the door is getting a bullet. Yep. And they're like, well, okay, we're not going to fuck with Lance. But you're right. Like, this is one of the, this is one of the, it's not necessarily a plot hole because you can make mistakes. Yes. This is a mistake, though. This is a mistake made. Because they're like, the only person who would leave their room is the guilty, the guilty party. party. Guess who leaves their room? Everybody. Every single person leaves their room. Every person. I would leave my room. room. Yeah. I'm like, ain't no way I'm staying in this fucking room. No. I don't know this house. I'm going to like... So, but it but it know. is kind of fun because you get to see which people are sneaking out. Exactly, that makes it that fun. It is. It's it very becomes a mystery romp at this point. This is it shifts gears a little. Totally, it becomes more of a more of a haunted house type yep. deal here because now you've got like you have people be- in individual rooms and then and I like that yeah. you get people splitting up even though that's actually part of a murder plot. Where they're right. like, well, did you? Well, hear- they have to reconnect in order to make sure their plan is still working. Right. Then Lance and Nora, not Nora. Um, well, they as they go up to their rooms, there's a cool little bit of business. The, the writing in this movie is really impressive. Pritchard is the first one to go in his room, and he goes, mm-hmm. "What's the use in saying goodnight?" And then the Mystic Gambler lady, when they get, they go to the next. They all go as Wendy a group. Wendy Adams. To the, yeah. When, okay, fine. Let's call her Wendy. That'll be easier than Mystic Gambler. So even though Wendy's a survivor she class and survivor not a mystic, class, be like mystic. Agnes Baker. Agnes Baker, yeah. So Agnes. So as they're walking down the hall, so they walk down, Pritchard goes into his room. They're all walking as a group, minus Mrs. Lauren, who they think is dead. And then Agnes opens her door, and she, right, after the, right after he goes, what's the use in saying goodnight? Because he thinks they're all going to die. Agnes goes in and she goes, goodnight. Yeah. And they go <laughs> in. And this becomes a trope. You can see which characters are trying to be positive and which characters are feeling very dire. Lance goes into his room without a word. You hear him like cock his pistol and yep. lock the door. And then they get to the doctor's room and there's a cool moment here where the doctor opens his door and Vincent Price says goodnight to him. 
and the doctor doesn't respond mm-hmm. and goes in and closes his door and then Vincent Price goes into his room. I just I love Because he's feeling fine. Doctor Vincent so Price right is now. feeling his conscience is clear mm-hmm. because he didn't hang his wife. As nope. far as he knows, his wife is actually dead. Because this is part of the other plot. Right. Right. This is part of Pritchard or of uh, of Trent and, and Trent and Lauren's plot. Well that happened, but he knows I think I think Vince knows. I don't think he does, because when he runs into the room after the, he's heard that someone's killed themselves, he goes, Nora. Oh, he has a moment. Because he thinks that Nora, yeah, because he thinks that Nora is, and there's a moment later when he goes in to see the body of his wife, and Pritchard is in the room watching over the corpse, and he gets fucking mad. He's pissed. He's like, what are you doing in here with the body of my wife? Like, Actually, before we even get that moment, so when they're all saying goodnight to each other or not saying goodnight to each other, Vincent Price is the last one to go into his room, and he's the only person we follow into their room. Mm-hmm. So he's just learned that his wife has hung herself. He goes into the room and closes the door. He seems more or less fine. You're kind of watching him, and you're like, oh, he's, he's together. And he goes over, and there's two empty champagne glasses from earlier when he was going to shoot his wife with the cork. He walks over and he, That's right. he picks up one of the glasses and I have a note on this. So what he actually does is he picks, Vincent Price picks up this little coupe glass, champagne glass. He picks it up and he doesn't throw it. He doesn't spike it down like a football. He just with the, like just his wrist taps it on the edge of the table and smashes it. It's like, it's just such a tiny smash. Mm-hmm. I remember, my note is I remembered him sweeping that table clear yeah, or me too. hurling bottles at the I wall. I remember a much bigger explosion of glass is, and anger and like, there's not like there, rage though. or, or yeah. regret or it's something. Just a, he, it's not even like with the whole elbow. He just picks <laughs> it up and he's like, and he shatters it with like the sm- the smallest amount of energy you could use and still break that glass. And I wrote down what an amazing performance by by price to he's a his character lauren this this millionaire he wouldn't he's lost four wives he hated this woman but he's allowing himself this small expression of grief it's such a small allowance for emotion and it subverts what we expect in such a beautiful way it's an it's probably an unexpected moment moment of character like i think it's like the high point for for performance the Mm -hmm. high acting moment of the movie it's so good i love that little glass break uh then we get the the rope wrap so now we've we cut back this is where lance figures out that Nora's actually alive and he's like i'm getting us out of here right this is bullshit we'll find a way to get through these ropes yeah he's through the the bars through through the the bars because we're about to have ropes come through the bars yes but he's like i'm gonna get us out of here you stay here and she's like, oh, she's all scared. And he goes, look, if I find a way out, I'll come back and get right. you. And then we'll get out of here together. He pieces out five seconds after he leaves. All the lights go out. Uh, a rope comes through. Big fuck off rope, too. Dude, it's the it's the rope that. that thick, the hanging rope. It's the hanging rope. Comes through the bars. Like, uh, have you ever seen the old cartoons where they play the snake charmer thing and the rope it's comes this up? This is it, yeah. It's na 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 it's exactly this it comes in it coils around slowly coils around her feet that she's not is she really that frozen in fear that she can't take it takes this rope five and a half minutes i think she is we've seen that no and the tension is building the horror in her is building but it reads i mean my step out just step you i love this moment okay it's like that thing where you know how you read you'll read sometimes in accounts of people like running into ghosts 
Oh, like, Nick, I was rooted yeah, in this spot. I, I wanted mean, to run. It's like that nightmare thing. Fair point. It's happened. Some, well, yeah, like the, the monsters yeah. coming towards you and you don't run. Why don't you, you run? You can't. You're frozen. It's nah, it's like it. nightmare logic. Yeah. And yeah, dude, if it rubs you the wrong way, it rubs you the wrong way. I I personally like it. I like it because it it has that Lovecraftian creeping feel to sure, it. Sure. Okay. The rope comes in slowly and you like, like a snake. Yeah. Your mind has gone blank. You simply cannot you see move. her out the window. Yeah. And uh, Mrs. Lauren is floating outside the window on mm-hmm. the like second story of the house, and she's. I could see maybe not closer, being able to floating. move. Yeah, especially with Nora, because we've seen, we've seen her already frozen in fear. She's predisposed to terror, right? Like the first, she's, she's had a lot of it already. Oh yeah. boy, yeah, maybe she's <laughs> she got, getting worn a little thin. <laughs> she might be getting ready to cash out here. Actually, she does because this is where her mind breaks, mm-hmm. basically. So, which is a whole plot, the whole right. idea. The the rope uncoils goes back out mrs lauren fades off into the night and nora screams and runs out of the room and here's where we get dude they stack goofy fun scares like back to back to back she runs downstairs i think this is kind of interesting because she runs downstairs when she gets to the staircase mrs lauren is hanging again she's there so you know what I think that is? An actual I think she's apparition? got well, she's got the hanging harness on. Right. That was to hang her out the window to be ooky spooky. No. <gasps> that was to hang her in the stairwell. Because it's the same rope, too. I think what Nora saw in her room is a legitimate apparition. Because how the, Nora there runs. There would be no way for her to that fast. Nora gets, runs from her room to the staircase. It takes all of 10 seconds. She would have had to get from outside the window into the inside, house, re-rigged, re-rigged, no. and hanging in. The, no, I think no. I think the that, room that is, explains why the rope is moving on its own. Yeah, yeah. and that explains why she's frozen in fear because it's a, le- a it's legitimate, a legitimate supernatural experience. Yeah. So she's dealing with powers. And the beyond. ghosts are smart enough; they're aware of what's happening, and, and they're using that to their advantage. What would frighten her most? Because if they die, because the ghosts' whole their whole pl- plot is to kill as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just helping them along the way. Like, all right, well, I'll play too. Right, because they know the ghosts know that Mrs. Lauren's not dead. Right. They know that it's all a gag. But they could, they could, they could do a a glamour or whatever. Or or just pick that that uh, that form to show form to to appear in. Yeah. I like that read on it, man. Especially because there is no way that she gets back to the stairwell and re rigged. Mm -mm. So I think the plan and they point out the hanging harness. Yeah, help me get out of this hanging harness. I think I think what I like and think about the mechanics of having to hang her off the side of the building. That's a really compl- that's too much. So I think what their plan was that and it's locked down. Yeah, she wouldn't have been able to get outside. No. How would she get outside? No. So my thing is, is like their plan was to spook Nora out of her room and then she sees the body hanging in the hallway. And as far as they know, that's what happened. Because they weren't in the room with her. So they think that what drove her to this hysterical fear was seeing Mrs. Lauren hanging in the hallway. But what it actually was was seeing a legit ghost and having a weird spectral experience in her room. The ghosts drive her out of her room and that's where the human plan starts taking over. I, like, come on, how cool is that shit? So, Amazing. <laughs> my brain just went to happy town, man. I, I, fucking <laughs> I So she, she sees Mrs. Lauren hanging in the hanging in the hall and we get this weird zombie hand thing that oh the what the fuck is that it's like a it's like they went to like the halloween store and got a werewolf they got the big yeah the big rubbery weird werewolfy arm yeah it looks bad 
Like it's like the it looks one super bad. It's the one thing that does is not consistent with anything that we've seen so far. It almost feels like like Doctor Trent was like, "Well, we got four good scares, but we need like probably one more. I feel like five's a good number." We're like, oh, I got that. My my kids, they got that right. werewolf costume. That gorilla suit. It feels Cut like the arm off the gorilla dude, suit. Dude, it feels so yeah. tacked on. But and at the same time, though, like weird, it, goofy. Yeah. It it becomes this part of the movie for me is very charming. Absolutely. There's not a whole lot of like. Once once we're done with the the hanging, once Nora gets down in the basement, there's still tension and scariness. Mm-hmm. But but this is more like Scooby Doo. It's very Scooby Doo yeah. because she runs to the parlor and the lights are all out. And we get player piano. <laughs> that is the cheesiest shit. The player piano? Yes. I adore it. I know. <laughs> it's, what is my note? She's like, it's... Oh, it's like, it's, thank God I forgot there was a player piano playing yourself piano player. <laughs> I was so and happy. it's organ music, too. It's like... <laughs> so that means that it. somebody loaded up that player... Now, here, but here's a question, though. Or is it? Is it a, plea- a player piano? Or is it? Because hmm. here's what we know. I have to question everything now. Here's what we know for sure. Nothing we know is that true. Lauren is the Mrs. Lauren hanging in the hallway is actually is her. actually her, and the weird zombie arm thing was doctor, is definitely Doctor Trent. Yes, but maybe the piano is legit because chandelier is legit. The chandelier is legit. I think the organ is probably legit. I think so too. Because we have Nora. You have to load it with a drum. Yep, exactly. You have to load a player piano with a drum and time it. Just so when she happens, how to do step you activate it? Right. Yeah, like so. I think that's nor outside real. the window, nor outside the window, and the rope, spook. the blood on the ceiling is real. Yep, I think the him, head is fake. Lance getting knocked on the head that's all ghost. Who planted the head? But if all everyone's in the wait a minute, but if everyone's down in the parlor when Nora's in her room and finds the head in her suitcase for the first time, no, Mrs. Lauren has been upstairs, has been upstairs. this whole time. Right. So the head is fake. For sure. Yeah, there you go. Okay, got it. But we have at least five things that are legitimate. Legitimate haunting. Like, haunting things Which happening. is part of what makes this movie cool is if you watch it once and just watch it casually, it's kind of fun. But the more you watch it, you realize that, like, something else is Which going makes the, I mean, let's talk about the remake outside the Patreon. Yeah. But they definitely play up the ghosts are real a lot more in the remake. Yeah. But there, there is both things happening. That the whole plot movie is dialed to, like, and a the, thousand. Oh, dude, it's crazy. But it is both. It's I, both the plot happening and they're aware that legitimate ghosts are in the house. Am I misremembering this? Is it 13 Ghosts or is it House on Haunted Hill with Jeffrey Rush where it's like an old mental asylum where they just tortured it's mental House patients? House on Haunted Hill. It's so amazing when you find out what you they did You get jitter there. ghosts and shit. They're, yeah. like, <laughs> they're like, well, it was a mental institution and there was horrible Nazis who just... They did fuckery they on did everybody. just torture mentally handicapped people all day long yep. and now the house is... Fed them put through the nose like whatever like so in their arms to their buttholes and you're like i <laughs> oh wow <laughs> like this it's just a house of horrors is all yes. it is it's like i don't know if there's anywhere on earth no that's not true but like come on was it really that yeah they bad? amped it up to like 14 for sure <laughs> it's the best i can't i'm really excited to watch but it. i love i love the read that there's both supernatural and natural horrors going on at the right. same time in this flick. Yeah, the, the blending of one. the two and you it's hard to di- to distinguish which are which yeah. until you've watched and it a hundred times. And then you can kind of pick it apart, mm-hmm. yeah. Um dude, so Nora runs down to the basement. Uh Mr. Uh, Dr. Trent knocks on Vincent Price's door and he's like, "Hey, did you hear organ music like a second ago?" And he goes, "Yeah, and some scr- Well, that's the cool thing is Vincent Price goes organ music and Trent goes footsteps. 
he didn't hear the organ music. No. He heard the footsteps. Or yeah, that's interesting. Vincent Price heard piano music, but Trent is selling him on the story that he's got in his head, which is, I heard running around and screaming. And Vincent Price is like, yeah, but what about the organ, though? Did you hear the organ? And Trent's like, yeah, whatever, but footsteps headed for the basement. Someone might only have moments to live. That, dude, that's... Yeah, not so, expected. So he goes, let's split up. And he goes, why? Why would we split up? And he goes, because someone's got probably like a minute to live. We don't want to waste You got time. your gun. I got my gun. So you, we go, got, yeah. you go downstairs. I'll stay up here being super suspicious. You go to the basement. <laughs> Vincent Price, at this point, I think, knows the plan is in motion. Yeah, and he's like, I will go through with what you have. Oh, so yeah, that I sure. Oh, good. I'll yeah, go. Let me yeah. go downstairs to the basement. He goes this is when the piece locks in for him and he sees the end. And this game. is also why I think everyone's guns are loaded with blanks because have to be. Yeah, because how do we know she how do you switch know? guns? Exactly. It's so too that's too uh too risky. There's right. too many uh variables there. So I think everything supernatural from this point on is caused by Trent because he says to Mrs. Lauren when you hear the shot come down and then he leaves I think that's him going to turn off the gas right so he turns all the lights off in the basement nor standing by the fucking pit of acid the giant vat of acid in the floor it's closed still but but there she is there she is hanging out by the acid. And she, the lights go out, and she hears footsteps. And Vincent Price comes downstairs, and she, as far as she knows, he tried to murder her. Well, he has got his gun trained on her too. Well, he comes in with well, the gun. Well, he has and he his goes, gun, yeah. And she turns and she goes, points the gun. And he goes, Nora, wait, 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 don't! Wait. And she goes, shoots him once in the sternum. Like she hits center mass, pretty dead on with a blank, as far as we know, because mm-hmm. he clutches it, falls against the wall, he sells it. He, oh, does he ever, man? Yeah. Like for one second, I was like, and that's how Vincent Price died in 1959. <laughs> Shot like he went out like Brandon Lee yeah, on the say. set of Hobbs on Haunted Hill. So he hits the wall and goes down. Nora screams again and runs upstairs. And she's like, I shot him. I shot him. I shot the guy. He's shot. He got shot by me with my bullet that is in my gun. I'm I, the one that did it. I'm I did it. I did it. I'm the one that did it. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm the one. He's, well, and then at one point, Lance is like, where is he? He's like, he's in the basement. Is he alive? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I fucking shot him. But after she runs out, we see Trent come out and he goes to drag the body over to the acid. And then all the... The lights are very dim. Mm -hmm. Now the lights go out. We hear like a struggle and a splash. And then we hear the foamy sound. Oh my God. It's so good. The sound effects are so good in this. And then Mrs. Lauren is the next person down to the basement. Because Nora's still running around in like a fucking panic looking for Lance. Mrs. Lauren comes downstairs. She's like, uh, I can't remember his name. She's all. um, Trent? David. She's like, David? David, are you here? Bones. Dude, this is amazing. This is the best reveal in any movie ever. It's awesome. Fucking love and it's it. Vin- you hear Vincent Price's voice. In like, you can kill me. Yeah, like, I'm alive. And it's kind of echoey. He's yeah. like, you thought you could get my millions. Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? <laughs> Join me. And the pit of acid is open because Trent was going to throw That's him in true. there. Yes. A skeleton comes up out of the acid and then floats toward... I think ner- Danielle's words were... What the fuck? It's, ama- <laughs> it's amazing, dude. And it chases her like the doors all close and lock, which I guess is a thing that this house can do. Yeah, I like think so. like by switches. By I switches, think you can yeah. do it. Like people can make that happen. And she gets she get gets like run into a corner, and then the skeleton pushes her back does towards a little, the a- does it, a little Emmelman turn. Yep, he, like he Himmelmans her <laughs> and starts pushing her towards the acid. And he reaches out and the skeleton like brushes her and she stumbles back and falls in. 
Oh, she gets gooeyed up, man. She gets so chewed up by acid. Dissolved into schmuck. That's what that's what happens to her. (laughs) She's just the devil comes up. What happens to her is what happens to my stomach after Taco Bell. In Carl's stomach after Taco Bell. (laughs) So shouldn't eat Taco Bell after (laughs) forty. After, after forty minutes. No, forty years old. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's a certain time. Don't eat Taco certain... Bell every forty minutes. I think mm. I should stop probably next year. Yeah. I think I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna call Taco Bell. I'm gonna cut it out at thirty because I'm no. I am noticing now more and more when I eat Taco Bell. I'm just like, mm. God, I feel like the backs of my knees are. <laughs> ah, the backs of my knees are a little runny. <laughs> <laughs> I got runny knees today. What the hell is that about? Oh, no, a clump of hair fell out of my eyebrow. What the hell? Losing eyebrow hairs. It's worth it, though, for that yeah. grilled stuffed burrito, steak. Mm. Crunchwrap supreme. I'm going now. I'm going immediately <sighs> after we're done with this. So we, you expect, like, okay, and that's that. But Vincent Price walks out of the shadows. Just he's that got rickety box, that weird fucking crank organ grindery it's looking. Got, it's got marionette strings it's like on a, it. It's like a like a Tinker Toys crane. It's a it's a it's a DIY fucking skeleton marionette machine. Yeah, and it's the most brilliant, beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Not even remotely how that skeleton was controlled. Not at all. But it doesn't matter because you. He, One crank here, a lever there. I don't give a fuck what the operational status of this thing is. So awesome. He walks out, throws all that shit into the acid. Tips it all in there. Just boop, it all starts dissolving. I like the idea that that's a real skeleton, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually, that's why it wasn't eaten when the rest of his equipment was. Cause is because it it's bone. bones. And this, this acid doesn't eat bones. He comes up. Everyone runs downstairs and they're like, the fuck is going what on? What is happening? Nora said you were shot. And he legitimately tells them everything. That's my thing. I love Mr. Lauren's monologue near the vat of acid. Uh, oh, before they even get down there, he monologues to himself. Yes. And he goes, oh, Dr. Trent, my beautiful wife, whose name is Mrs. Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her name. He His goes, name is Mrs. when they began their little game of murder, yes. it's too bad they didn't know I was playing too. I love that line it's so, so much. It's so good. And I love it so they know I was playing too. I was too. playing too. Danielle's response, holy shit. Dude, it's yeah. so good. So it's, good. It's the best. Everyone gets downstairs and he turns and he's like, actually, it's my last note is, yeah. I was playing too. I just love that line so much. It's the best. My I here's another my last little note on Mr. Lauren is how weirdly kind he is to Nora. Because he real he feels bad mm-hmm. that she was there. He kinda pawn. had to go through that. Yeah. But it was necessary she for was, him to he, be able to have but his. But he necessary. was dead. I shot you and he goes, You didn't shoot anyone, my dear. I right. your gun was loaded with blanks. blanks. Yeah, like he legitimately feels bad that all these strangers that had to be here to go through their fucking weird yeah. fuckery. They like, all had a bad night. Yeah, but yeah. Nora had a shit shitty night. night. And he recognizes that. And he gives her a moment. He's like, You didn't you didn't shoot me. I your gun is loaded with blanks. Because I don't okay. I think they, he makes it clear that he doesn't hate everybody. He just hates his wife. Right. He's like, I have no problem with any right. of you. You guys are but all But you fine. were necessary for this to be able to and, and they, take place. You, and you know they get their money. 
money, you know? Like Oh, he gives them their 10 grand, not even probably questions. Probably a bonus, yeah. you know? Like splits it up. I said 10 to get you here, but actually it's going to be more like 40 because you all did a great job. <laughs> you all did an awesome job. And and then he walks out and we and He knows that he's going to be arrested and has yeah. to stand trial in a court of law. His last line is about, like I'm I look forward to seeing how the whether courts Whether the just whether the, the courts just, say right. that I'm innocent or guilty. Yeah, is his last line. And then he walks upstairs to go fix a scotch and and that's the Boom. end of this movie. And then it's like credits. Fucking Dude, it's love this so, movie so awesome. Much. I know. The house My on sister is going to be great. pissed when she discovers that we've done this. But one, she needs to get on the Patreon. And two, she needs to come over and do another episode with us. Done what? This? But yeah, because she loves like Vincent Price, this House is, on Haunted Hill. This is a main season show. She can listen to it. No, oh, I know. She wanted she, to be she, on she, it. She needs to get, she needs to be a patron. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> right. I'm with you on this. Right. But, well, everyone does. But Everyone who's listening should go but over But, like, there. Vincent Price, House on Haunted Hill, the the, ni- the late 50s, early 60s horror genre. Yeah. Completely different from the slasher genre that I love. Yeah. There's so many different little pockets in that capital H horror. Yeah. Right? Hammer versus... There's so many subgenres, yeah. and then there's there's different. Like for example, I would almost call like A24, the that production company yeah. that did the Ari Witch. Asters. Yeah. yeah, well, they did uh, they did some other stuff too. They did Witch, they did um, Insidious, they did uh, Midsummer, they did Hereditary. Mm-hmm. I would almost say like A24 is the is not the new hammer in that it's schlocky and gory, but a production company that has its uh, an aesthetic its own, so unique that it is its own, own subgenre. Right. Like an a, you, when you see A24 pop you up. You know. It's like Blumhouse has a similar when sort of. When you see of, Miramax at the beginning of a movie, you're like, oh, we're okay. in for a fucking It's either going to be time. swingers or Pulp Fiction or whatever that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When Miramax pops up, you're like, this movie is going to be good. Yep. A24 gonna pops up. It's going to have great dialogue. It's going to have great characters. It's going to have great. Yeah. And with A24, you're like, this is going to be. Legitimately frightening. Fun, genuine horror. This yes. is going to be a great horror film. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, and this, I'm really glad we. I have I've been enjoying season two so far, but honestly, like this month is the is one of the first months where I got like a little. It's just like, because like I love October too. Yeah, so yeah, goddamn yeah. much, dude. Yeah, Halloween. This is like the prep because we are now in the hottest months of summer. Yeah, and we're looking forward again now to the fall. It's coming. Like yeah. right now, we're recording in July. This episode will come up the first week of August. But like, we're not. We're not too far away I from October. Dude, I just want... Pu- well, why do you think... I want Dan- pumpkin spice. Why do you I think Danielle slippers? and I chose our wedding to be October 19th? Because it's the best month. Best it's the best month. month of the year. Me and Bur- uh, when Bird and I first got married, our original wedding date was going to be Halloween. Yeah, that's what we wanted, but it didn't land on a Saturday this year, and right. we wanted it on a Saturday, blah, 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 blah. So 19th. Yeah. It's the first... It'll be the, the last... Or the first... The Saturday leading up to Halloween cool. in general. Yeah, very so. cool. Yeah, man. So that was 1959's House on Haunted Hill. I think I speak for both of us when I say that we we highly recommend this movie. It is free everyone. on Prime right now. Watch it black and white. Watch it black and white. Watch it with your friends. It's this is a this is a cocoa movie. It is. This is a snuggly cut. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's so good. So I got no more notes on that. Do you have anything no, else? No, I don't. Awesome. I have nothing more. We did the patrons up top. If you want to drop us a line, if you have, tell us about your favorite. Uh, you know cozy halloween yeah movie. what's the one that does it for you what's the yearly watch yeah what do you what do you always spin i look we can talk horror all day but i want to know what is your cuddle up 
cozy watch with your nephews. I love cozy Coco. You can watch like a movie that you could watch with like your younger siblings. Fair enough. Yeah, something. yeah. I want what are, what are your what are your cozy favorites? This is one of mine. Love so uh, if you want to drop us a line, drop send all your emails to measuringflixpodcast at gmail Or if you're one of our patrons. Uh, David Rowdy and William Rockwood were blowing us up in right in the middle of this (laughs) episode over on Patreon. So uh, yeah, Uh, I got nothing else. No, I'm good. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, Beware the spoopy spoops. The spoopy spoops. Oh, when uh, um, when next week? No, No, I got it. Here's go do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Sounds failing miserably. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is how I feel. It's hard, man. How I feel every episode. I don't want to take us out. This is you. Put your pants on a doorknob. You know, like (laughs) that's the best I got most days. Sideways fling dang. But today it's today it's uh, uh, all of these horror podcasts that started out watching movies before they got into this game. They should have known that we were playing too. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.